are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. We have a celestial show today as we get to the heart of death in video games. Yes, you heard me right. The topic of the show is interesting ways that video games use death or dying or losing lives, perishing, things like that, whatever you want to call it, as a video game mechanic. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, And with the rise of games like Meat Boy and Celeste and Cuphead, there's never been a better time to talk about death. We take a spiritual journey of self-discovery with the critically acclaimed platforming game Celeste that we've all been playing. Yes, Josh has once again also left me flabbergasted with some of his comments on Celeste in comparison to Cuphead, but I will just tease that for now. The BioBreak article this week uh, involves a, a pretty interesting story about hybrid embryos. We have two fun polls that we ran on the Sword Chomp Instagram, and then we have the results for those, um, including the po- <laughs> results for the poor, poor, underappreciated Squall Leonhardt. Um, which, by the way, speaking of later in the show, we have a special appearance. Some of the hosts of the show don't even know about this. We have a special appearance from a popular character from the Final Fantasy series. So you don't want to miss that. Um, and of course, the community of Sword Chomp, at Sword Chomp on Instagram, weighs in on the next Pokemon franchise. Um, basically, I went to the at Sword Chomp Instagram page and we wanted to get thoughts from our community about what they want from the next big entry in the Pokemon series. There was a leak this week that turned out to be fake, but it got us thinking. So we're going to sound um, sound off with our community at the end of the show. We have some a little bit of Dice Awards winners. There's just there's so much good stuff to talk about on this week's Chompcast. Um, but if death is the topic of the show, then I had to do some death-themed intros for the show. So my, um, you know, alternate reality, where you guys have died somehow. Um, joining us from Texas, the one and only, the Filipino Johnny Depp, fishes here. And according to this information I have, he, uh, he passed away from this world in a tragic accident. An accident in which his life-size vibrating Hugh Jackman body pillow caught fire. Luckily, nobody else was home. His family was out of town when the incident occurred. Uh, and the police think that it was either the charger that sparked it, the fire from an outlet, or some sort of friction-related situation. Either way, we're glad Fish is here. How's it going, Fish? Stop into a slim gym. <laughs> what in God's, what in God's Only name his friends that? call him Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shane put me up to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> I didn't I see it coming, that that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I don't know what what happened to that Hugh Jackman pillow. I mean I don't know why I would have a vibrating pillow. That just seems uncomfortable for my head, but you ever had a vibrating body pillow before? You just expand your horizons, fish. In this alternate yeah. reality, you were expanding your horizons, and wow. I was proud of you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that could be something sexual. I mean, 
Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. Does it have to be Hugh Jackman that I die by? I, I just thought that was the weirder choice. I don't know. When I was laying around last night thinking of it, Hugh Jackman seems like the stranger choice. But, it, I mean, if you could have any strong male celebrity body pillow, what would you pick? Oh, I'd, I'd have to have someone just really good looking, just smooth. Uh-huh. Nice hair. Perhaps a brunette of some sort. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. Head. Yeah. A little crazy. Okay. Uh, Are you give me a name? A little too serious. I would okay. say Tom Cruise. Oh, goddamn, I knew it. You'd expect that it. pillow to be vibrating. Oh, man. <laughs> it also has a little button where it spouts off Scientology um, information. <laughs> you press it enough, so. Hmm. You and your uh, Tom Cruise thing. I was trying to set you up there for something different, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Sadly, in that alternate reality, you didn't make it, but I'm glad in this reality, you are a live fish, and you are here. So, thank you for being here. Yeah. Glad I got I did, out of that reality. I did want to say that, you know, I imagine that on your grave, uh, someone had spray painted over... Um, on your gravestone, you know, oh, no. here lies Anthony Fisher, loving husband, and they spray <laughs> spray painted through um, loving husband and put scumbag on there. So I'm thinking that that mm. was probably your wife, and it was she probably found out about that whole Vegas trip. Uh, so, it, maybe yeah, that would that would definitely happen in an alternate universe. Yeah, it would, it would. But you know what? This is the only universe that matters today. So we are glad you're here. And you played some Celeste, among other things. Maybe I'll give you a Monster Hunter Minute, too. Because I know you're still playing that damn game. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I love that game. 80 hours into it now. Oh, um, Speaking of 80, this is our 80th episode. Which is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't think I was going to naturally come up in any sort of segue. And yet, it did. That's pretty amazing. Hey. So, congratulations, guys. Um, up next, of course, from Japan, we call him the Professor. Mr. Shay Layton is here, and according to these police files in this alternate reality, his body was found at the bottom of a local <laughs> koi pond after he mista- mistakenly hooked up with the daughter of a Yakuza boss. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess when he met up with her on Tinder, she had left out the whole daughter of a Yakuza boss thing, uh, and that was the end of our dear friend Shay Layton. Um, Shay Layton's here. How you doing, Shay? Blah, 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 Is that you breathing from the bottom of the koi pond? That's exactly what that is. Good job. Wow. Wow. I like those special effects. I would, I just, go ahead. I'm sorry. I spent a lot of money on that. It's all good. No, um, I spent all week trying to find a sound guy to provide me with those expert audio files. So it was a very busy week for me. Quality blubs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to be honest with you, I, I had, I'm going to say honestly, 10 times there. I, I tried to avoid the Tinder joke, but then I was trying to find a way to naturally get you set up with, uh, you know, how would you have found yourself a Yakuza daughter? And then all of a sudden, Tinder came back in the picture. So just can't escape it. It's the infinite circle. No, no, you love it so much. And you know what? It is what it is. It's fine. <laughs> it's, I'm done fighting it. I mean, like, it's true. Don't I don't fight use it. Tinder, just let, but it, just you know let what? it go. 
Just let just I'm just gonna let it happen at this point. Let it happen. It feels better if you do. Um I feel and something. lastly, of course you, <laughs> you have to feel something. Um otherwise you just end up like fish and that's not where we want to end up. Mm-mm. Speaking nope. of <laughs> Actually no, technically he's a, yeah, we've already been introduced, but that would have been a nice segue back to fish. No. And lastly, Joshua Fowler is here, of course, in a stunning turn of events. Um sensing his own doom, he actually took death unawares, snatched the Grim Reaper's scythe, and chopped the Reaper's grim dick right off, but not before shoving the handle right up the Reaper's ass and flipping him two solid middle fingers. Um how, you doing, How many hands does he have? He's shoving a fucking handle in the Grim Reaper's ass while flipping him off with both of his hands. Well, How many well, hands does he actually have then? I mean, I'm sure Josh could... I'm sure you could pull it off, Josh. I mean, sure, Josh can do amazing things, Shay. Huh. Well, I, you just said he no. chopped it off, so he's not pulling it off if he's chopping it off. <laughs> well, I, this, it's sequential. He chops it off... Then shoves it up the ass. Then, as death is there writhing around in pain, he flips on the two middle fingers. It's a succession yeah. Shortly thereafter, I tripped on my way home afterwards. Died oh. anyway. It was. Uh, <laughs> you, you, tri- yeah. you tripped yeah. and. <laughs> you the, just tripped the and dick fell. went down your throat and you, you mm-hmm. choked on it until you died. No. Where did the. Come on, Shay. Where did this dick come from? <laughs> come, on. come on. The one he just chopped off. Dick. Oh, so he's carrying the Grim Reaper's dick around in this? That's the sort of thing like, you take with you. He's laying erect on the floor, like, upright like a flagpole, and he tripped, and his mouth was open, oh, and the, it was perfect circumference for the Grim Reaper's wiener. And he choked on it. it you had a good idea going there, Shay, but you went the wrong direction. You should, it, like Josh, was, I think like, the idea of him like carrying the dick around on like, a necklace or something, as a, some sort of like reward... Uh, Seems fitting. Like a talisman? Like, look what I got. Yeah. He's yeah. holding the penis. Okay, well, you know. Have, have you ever I, seen... I don't, I don't dare you... project your fantasies into the podcast, so I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> have you ever seen Your Highness, where they chop off the uh, Minotaur's dick, and then they wear nope. it around on a necklace? Nope. I tend to not watch bad movies. It wasn't a very good movie, but it was during that whole phase with... Uh, a lot of like James Franco. It was like a stoner of medieval fantasy movie. Because you never you never heard of Your Highness? It was weird. But yeah, they chopped off. I, I know what it is. I just never watched it. Okay, okay. I think it had Natalie Portman in it too, weirdly enough. Which was uh huh. you know, probably a shining part of that movie. Anyways, yeah, they wear the Minotaur's dick around their neck. Um But yes, death could not take him. Um I of course am Morgan Barnes here from Montana, and we are talking death, which is kind of an uncomfortable thing, I think, to talk about, but the sort of nuts and bolts of how we're talking about death today, I think is pretty interesting and unique to what uh, I think you would mostly hear. I mean, maybe one day down the road, we can talk about deaths in video games that maybe affected us emotionally and things like that. So Fish can cry about, you know, Ares again or Aerith or whatever all over again. Um, But the, the kind of death that we're talking about today is more about the nuts and bolts of gameplay. I mean, games like Celeste, um, that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, you're going to die over and over and over again. Games that were popularized in the past, like Super Meat Boy. It's designed around the fact you're going to die over and over and over again. I posted a video on Instagram of, I I finished Cuphead on Expert, and I died 1,500 times playing Cuphead. It's just, the death is just a part of the cycle of that game. 
Um, and that got us thinking about interesting ways that games use death as a mechanic and kind of a, a launching point from there. So I, th- I think this should be a really fun topic. And I know well, I posted about this on the Instagram as well. I know it was kind of a difficult one for people to jump in on because it's like, where are we going to go with this? It's a bit strange. But I think when we're done, it'll kind of um, seem a lot more clear. Um, so that, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, but anyways, my sort of, I guess, opening thought here when we we're talking about death, and I know we were inspired by games like Cuphead and Meat Boy and Celeste and stuff like that, is the first thing I ever noticed when I played a game like this, it would have probably been Meat Boy, because I think Super Meat Boy is my first introduction to games where you die hundreds and hundreds of times, and just how quickly it was to just start over, which I think is vital to a lot of these more modern games like this. Because if you're going to die a lot, you don't want a long load screen, you don't want a big pause. Um, and I remember just that feeling of like, you, you almost stop thinking of yourself as dying in Meat Boy. It was just splat, 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 splat. It was almost comical. And then when you finished the level, you'd see all of your like hundreds of meat deaths jumping around and doing the, uh, the level after you. So they, their approach to it was just very lighthearted and silly. I was like, that was the first time it really struck me. And we played Limbo a little bit later on as well. And we argued about that. And Limbo was another one that stuck out to me because you were going to die a lot in Limbo. And they had designed all these really sort of almost comical, morbid ways for that poor Limbo boy to die. Um, but, you know, they, it was understood that you were going to die a lot playing that game as well. And that's when it started to kind of float into the consciousness. So I wanted to go around with you guys as a launching point to see where like, if you first started connecting with it as well, or maybe however you'd want to start this off. Um, I'll throw it to you first, Josh. Um, whenever we start bringing up this topic, how, how were you thinking about it? Or where did you first start, you know, noticing it? Ooh. Um, I mean, that's hard. I mean, I was into like roguelikes before and those, you don't die as much, but the point of those is kind of to die. Um, yeah. just to go through and see it more. And that's kind of probably the first time I really started to, you know, thinking about death as its own mechanic instead of just, oh, what happens in games? Um, mm-hmm. Cause they were, you know, using it in an interesting way. Um, can you expand on that? Like for me and other people, I'm not really super familiar with roguelikes, so I don't hundred percent know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, roguelikes are like a procedurally generated, usually, um, type of game with permadeath where every time you go through, okay. you start from the beginning and have to, you know, see, basically see how far you can get stuff like, uh, excuse me. Um, like, uh, um, the Binding of Isaac and like Rogue Legacy, or Spelunky. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Or like even uh, oh that runs in that dress that um, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter I think it was where you died and you had to start the whole game over from yeah from scratch yeah um yeah that one's not so much a roguelike, but similar concept just where you yeah, you yeah. know you get through the whole game um I mean and as far as something that does something similar um. And unfortunately, it's not the whole game, but near Automata, the first level is like that. Um, yeah, you die, you get the credits and everything. Yeah, you get the yeah. credits and everything. Oh, you, you died. You have, to, you have to play through that first level perfectly in order to get to the actual game, mm-hmm. at which point it tanks and you go move on with your life, unless you're Morgan. But um, no. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll save that for later because I have some dice award winners that might disagree with you, Josh. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm just 
I'm giving you crap because you're enjoying it so much. It, it, yeah. You're, but you're um, to give people crap. It's okay. Um, but I mean, those are kind of the first ones that I thought about it a okay. lot. I mean, growing up no, as a kid, we... I played a bunch of arcade games, and those yeah. kind of had death as a mechanic because they were trying to take your money. But again, I I, I didn't really didn't think, think about, about it about as it much. Like that. yeah. It was just that's just kind of how they were. It wasn't until quite some time with later the... that I you know really started thinking about it as its own thing. With the roguelikes, do you start over with like everything you've gained from that trip? Like. So like usually like... not, usually okay. oh, not. Wow. There are okay. some variations on that formula, um, like for example, Rogue Legacy. Um, you get gold on your trips that you can use to buy minor stat increases and stuff like that to make your subsequent runs easier. And you can um, keep the gold. Okay. Yeah, you can. You can keep gold and, well, to an extent, you usually use, like, half of it on death. Um, but anything you do get, you can go back to the shop and buy stuff. Um, stuff like, um, what's it? Um, the Binding of well, Isaac. You don't yeah, yeah. get new stuff, but you unlock possibilities of things that you can see in the dungeon. Um, like, when you first load the game up, um, the final boss is it's been forever since i played the game but it's like four or five floors in it's not super deep and once you're good enough to get that far it'll unlock a whole new set of random content that you can come across and lower the maximum depth that you can go into the dungeon before you are able to beat that again and it unlocks more so you unlock huge chunks and stuff that's Um, cool whereas stuff like spelunky you you don't unlock anything other than different character skins. Um, you're just you're just yeah. learning about the game in order to get better at it. Well, that's a good segue. We had a comment from uh, Cheesy Plays that said Rogue Legacy is super underrated on how it changes the entire level design uh, mm-hmm. for death. So I just wanted to slip that one in there because we were talking yeah. a lot about it. Yeah, and that so- one's really good because it's it's a Metroidvania style game uh-huh. style roguelike where. Each, each, like, zone or world, whatever you'd call them in a Metroidvania type thing, those okay. are in the same spot each time, more or less. Okay. Um, but all the individual rooms inside of those are completely random each time. So That's you cool. Have to, That's cool. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. That helps with the repetition. What about mm-hmm. you, Fish? When we started tossing this around, what, what were you thinking? Mm, I don't know. I don't like death. And, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to get existential here. I mean, I don't think any of us like death. <laughs> it's the, it's the part of the cycle, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's a bit weird that death is, it, a lot of games use that as a signal of failure, that you did something wrong or you didn't make a jump. Like, <clears throat> I think of Mario, whenever Mario, like, falls down a pit. Or just falls where there's no bricks at, and it just goes mm-hmm. off screen. No like, bricks. Yeah, uh, you immediately, as a kid, you're just like, "Oh, I died." You don't know if Mario really dies down there. Oh, he's so, fucking dead. Uh, I would just imagine uh, him falling forever, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing but falling. Yeah, but you come back, of course, and yeah, that's 
Yeah, God, that's a good just... question, Fish. I can't get over that now. Where does Mario go when he falls? <laughs> Where is he falling to? <laughs> He's fallen eternally. If you, uh, I think that no, I seen a YouTube video of somebody like making fun of uh, uh, a Mario parody, and it was uh, live action, and it showed like a whole pile of corpses of Mario's uh, falling from oh. the sky, and. Yeah, like it, yeah. It took like a weird deep turn from yeah. Him, but... So Mario's like a he's like a clone. There's just an army of Mario's. They just keep shipping out every. Yeah, that's dark. Some dark that shit. Dark. Mm. A lot of plumbers out there. <laughs> They're just. It's a metaphor for how Nintendo has just been th- using Mario as fodder for their own doings for all these years. <laughs> um. Anyways, continue. I'm sorry. Um. But yeah. Uh. I don't know, like, like games in like, I guess like Celeste is that the quick deaths, like, since everything you have to do is essentially perfect, you have to do this jump just right through this hole and get through this at like, just at the right jump or whatever, like, one slip up and then you're just dead, and that I guess that that feeling of having to fight through that through every death like you don't think of death at that point as um a penalty you're just it's almost like you're learning from <clears throat> each death and each time you get back up there and try it out you're not essentially looking out to not die but you, you could say it's trying tri- to get it trivializes death in a way almost you know you almost don't mm-hmm. even think it like i watched her when she explodes she's not really no it's not like a bloody mass. She just kind of goes, Pow! it's like, it's not yeah. even really like, it's hard to explain, but it's the Mega Man death. Yeah. Yeah. Mega Man just uh, mm-hmm. exploding to like little circles blowing up. And yeah, it, that, that was weird that that's how she dies. Actually. She's just not impaled on just like, Mega Man's spikes. out. Dude. Yeah. I think the Celeste that I would have loved would have been that one where she's just like, it is brutally. I mean, that's not gonna be for everybody, but just the, like the whole map is just, <laughs> Like Don't 18... let it fit the tone of that game. Well, it's like it's like a. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about a different. Just how you tone. like your woman. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm not. T- oh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about like the same tone. I'm talking about like if it had been like a darker Celeste and like, uh, much like the the joke about the Mario's stacking up. If it had just been like when you're done with that area, it's like eight, like eight or nine mangled Celeste all over the place. I know that's not for everyone. You just got me thinking about that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Death is just a bit weird in games. And pretty much every game incorporates that as a signal of failure. A signal of failure. Yeah. Okay. So that's what what I'm hearing from you. Signal of failure. What about you, Shay? Um, I think death is, like, with games, what they've been doing recently is a really cool way to have you learn as a gamer. I, one of the first games that I remember really kind of turned that on its head was actually Braid because you didn't actually die. What you did was you got hit and then it would signal as if you were dead, but then you rewind time. You rewind time mm-hmm. so you don't technically die. And then you basically just learn from what happened and then you progress from there. And from then on, I feel like a bunch of games have essentially been kind of adopting that mentality of learning from your 
from your failures or your past mistakes. And I, I've really liked that a lot. I've, obviously, I've talked about my love for Super Meat Boy many times in this podcast. And mm-hmm. I, I just I think it's a great mechanic and I think it's a great way to learn. It's it's not um, so f- finite and it's not frustrating. Like uh, I was telling you guys, I ended up going to play Donkey Kong at um, a video game bar yesterday. And, you know, it, it was more funny than um, frustrating, but trying to basically navigate through the car, the cart level uh, in the second area, I forgot how, I, I remembered it was hard, but I forgot how truly hard. It's a little tough, yeah. And just like, you'd be getting to the end, and um, my friend and I, who I went with, I think we had 15 lives stacked up. And that gobbled almost all of our lives, and uh, it was it was oh, annoying man. and frustrating and hilarious at the same time. But it's like one slip up, <laughs> you really have to start that level, not all the way over again, but pretty close. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, I just I like I like the learning aspect of like Celeste or Super Meat Boy or Braid. It's trying to teach you something instead of just punishing you for sucking so bad at the game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like those and even in those games, there's no way to really the way those classical games are designed, there was really no way to do the Meat Boy or Celeste style with something like a Donkey Kong Country because if you you can't snap back in right before you're about to make that jump. It just doesn't make sense in the context of a larger level. But in games like Meat Boy where there's these tiny little levels or Celeste where it's like moving from screen to screen, it works perfectly. So yeah, context is definitely everything, but uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, you do have to do in a lot of older games, you have to do larger sections of things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, to where, like, you'll get, like, the first half of the level down to where it's almost boring just to get to the part of the level that's giving you hell. And um, death used to have a stronger consequence, and I think what we're finding with video games now is they want to, as, as a society, they want to relieve some of that, you suck, do this over again, because... Gamers have more ADD. People like Fish are willing to walk away from a game in 10 minutes if you don't make him happy. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so, hey, I yeah. beat Cuphead. Shut up. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because... I think you beat in an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shay. I don't yeah. have to say it. People are saying it for me now. Yeah. It's interesting because even some really good games have gone down that road, too. I mean, as much as we all talk about loving Bioshock, yeah. The death mechanic in that game was one of the worst iterations on video game death ever. Oh, Fish might take issue with that. Bioshock was, was whoa. What's whoa. wrong with the what's wrong with the vital chambers? You don't you don't like the Vita Chambers? The ones that'll yeah. let you suicide into enemies over and over again until you eventually just kill them. I don't Oh, because you would just come back uh, without penalty? Is that what you, you're saying? A you'd come back without penalty. A the world didn't reset. You died in game oh. and they they cloned you. You lost right. some money, which yeah. was not particularly useful in that game, and you could just yeah. suicide into stuff if you wanted to. That's what I did in MMOs. Like yeah, in it was... EverQuest, like you that's how you they called it Zerging, uh mm-hmm. boss. You just Whoa, Zerging. Whoa, EverQuest guys. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Morgan? Come on, making fun of your. Uh, he just ate Papa John's pizza beforehand. That's what's mm-hmm. wrong with him. He's feeling feisty. Oh. Uh, that's the next right. poll. One of the Papa side John's or Domino's? John's. All right, that's the next sword chomp poll. I'm gonna write that down right now. Hmm. I'm gonna end this debate. Go ahead. Sorry, 
I, come on, fish. You, you should also good. have pizza as an option in that poll. <laughs> no, no, no. Domino's all the way. <laughs> if I don't see a resounding ninety percent up for Domino's, I'm going to be very upset with our fans. Mm. Shut well. the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, fish has his trying to sway some right? votes here. I, I I like I like taking opinions that are unpopular. That's a no. That's that's a good point, Josh. That like, explains the, the haircut. Though? That's true. Like like Resident <laughs> Evil Seven should be in top five 2017 games of the year. That was yeah, a pretty unpopular have. vote. No, no, it wasn't. Until somebody <laughs> swayed fish. Um, <laughs> God damn it! Oh, but no, I'm with you, Josh. Because at the time, I, I had really to give him it. Domino's pizza to get him to change that vote. That's I mean, delicious, Josh. That's actually you. true. How'd you know I like pan pizzas? <laughs> oh, the P, you really do like greasy pizza. You like the pans, huh? Man. Mm-hmm. They are good, though. But if you're going to go for pan, you got to go to Pizza Hut. That's how it goes. That's what Pizza Hut's made for, man. Um, that's true. Remember when you were a kid and you get those little things at school that was like, you read a book. Here's a free personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. And you take they it in there. They still do that. Oh, they still oh, yeah. do that. My mm-hmm. daughter got one. Remember how exciting that was when you were like 10 years old? <laughs> Those were the best. Yeah. Those, Those were the best. pan pizzas. How many like, shitty yeah, books did I have to read just to get that damn pizza? Well, I mean, the nice thing about it was you'd have that horrible personal pan pizza, which was amazing as a kid, and then you'd just be laid up from eating said pizza uh-huh. for so long you could finish four or five other books. That's true. Your next That's one. true. That's true. You got, the, you got the itis and you're just laying back or reading the book. You're like, Fuck, my stomach hurts, but goddamn, was this book worth it? Every single time. <laughs> you fall asleep, you know? yeah. I don't know why that came to mind, but um, anyways, pizzas aside, no, I remember that with Bioshock, because I just, I don't remember it being a problem, because I wanted to see Bioshock through so badly, mm-hmm. but if I were to look back at it now with a more critical eye, as far as, like, a video game goes, it seems pretty easy, but, like, in the context of that game, I didn't want anything to slow me down. I just wanted yeah. to experience the narrative. So it's weird, right? Like. How do you get around punishment in a game where you don't want to punish someone? I think is what they were trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and I think yeah. I think it worked as far as narratively, but it it led to some really poor gameplay repercussions because of it. Um you know, like luring people close to a vita, vita chamber so you could just, you know, wrench them to death. You know, I, I never did any of that. See, Josh, I yeah. never did any of that. See, you, yeah. you and Fish do this stuff. Where you try to cheat the game. You try and break the game. I never did that. No, I never did either. You, but like it was. Like it's one of those. Yeah, it's doable. It's it's one of those things that. Well, whenever you it. put in systems like that, <laughs> that's gonna. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I when I was talking about prey recently. Yeah. About how it was ridiculous that water fountains gave you one health pack. Like yeah, that why? Was just, that was a why? joke. I think. I think that was a joke. It had to be a joke. <laughs> well, but but resources are so scarce in that game that it would leave you running back and forth from the men's bathroom to the women's bathroom to drink three times from the sinks in each each of them. Run back and forth. Did you do that? that? Was, yes. God damn. And people wow. are going to do that do if that. you put in a stupid system like that. I'm glad I stopped playing that I dumb that. fucking game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sat in that front is... of that fountain for like Seriously, an hour Josh? just to get my health. To fool. For mm-hmm. all the shit you gave me about near, you continue to play a game that required you to run back and forth between bathrooms to drink fountains to get one HP. You of all people mm-hmm. continue to do that to play Prey. It wasn't even that fucking good. Why? Why? 
It was because it's there. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. That's whenever you the, put systems in like that, you have to think about what it's going to actually encourage. I'm deeply and, fascinated by this water fountain yeah. juxtaposition here. But anyways, I, I, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but no, the resources were scarce and that is interesting. I guess, you know, in a real life scenario where you have to drink water to survive, there's some, something to that, but it's just absurd. Um, mm-hmm. Another one I thought about that I couldn't, I was so happy when I thought about this too, because you never get to talk about it much, was Hotline Miami. Which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite games. And I forgot how you just die inst- in that game. Bruh, bruh, bruh. You just constantly yeah. fucking yeah, die. Single hit deaths. Yeah. Yes, single hit deaths. And they happen blindingly fast. Well, yeah, and they happen like blindingly fast. Like your character's already back on the screen before you realized you even died sometimes. You're like, whoa, what the happened? Okay, I'm already back. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. instantaneous. Um, but that game did a really good job because they wanted you to have that run. It was that feeling of getting a perfect run through in the house and death in that game was, was very violent and the consequence was just, you know, yeah. you need to do the whole thing over again, but it was short bursts. Um, yeah. I guess it's pretty similar to these other games we're talking about, I guess. Yeah, just, pretty similar. Like, I really enjoyed the first one, especially because most of the levels were smaller than in Hotline Miami 2. Because... That one led to some frustration because you were dealing with AI with that much of a death system. And sometimes there is nothing you could do about it. Like the AI would just fuck you and you'd get, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd be doing well, doing well. They'd get fucked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, this is the wrong podcast for that. Sorry. (laughs) But, but yeah, it's (laughs) with games like this, any sort of AI that can just act in ways you're not expecting can be yeah. really frustrating. Um, I remember stuff Ugh. like the homing missiles in Super Meat Boy were super frustrating because they'd, do this, they'd move one God, way yeah. 20 times in a row, and then you'd have a really good run, and they'd decide to do something different. This, yeah. You know, and throw off your run. Um, in Celeste, there are like these eyeball fish-looking thing that are a similar situation. They, you know will track you and then charge at you and usually act fairly predictably, but then every now and then just do their own thing and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and that can be really frustrating, trying to deal yeah. with stuff like that in some of these games. So, Yeah, no, that's, a, that's true. I think the problem with Hotline Miami 2 was that they... I find this with a lot of games. I hope Super Meat Boy doesn't suffer from this, but I noticed that a lot of games, if it's a sequel, they have to pick up the challenge immediately where they left off at the end of the first game because most people are mm-hmm. going into it, and you can't just start Hotline Miami 2 with the difficulty of the beginning of Hotline Miami 1. So it ended up getting in these situations where you couldn't creatively take down a level any way you wanted. It was like, it felt like it was set up for you to take down a certain way. And like you had to funnel mm-hmm. enemies into like hallway, a lot of funneling, a lot of like tricking enemies yeah. to come out, walk out a door, run back through the door, kill them when they walk through the door, like yeah. over and over yeah. again. Mm, and I, I felt like strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Shut up. So no, a lot of a lot of the death. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dad. No, the, the death in Hotline Miami Two felt Dad. a lot less about learning and a lot more about just like sheer luck at times. I remember that playing the second one. Yeah, like, because of how much bigger the levels are, it's like, oh, I just gotta hope you get shot that off this screen. One isn't patrolling in this area. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like the levels were so wide open that you'd, yeah, they're like, well, I've got to walk down this hallway. I hope the guy at the other end can't see me until I can get to cover again because mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, it's, you've it's, got to walk down this wide open hallway. It's bad design, unfortunately, um, which, and there's no way around that. It's just bad design for a great series, which sucks because everything else about that game was pretty awesome. But the bad, the bad design keeps that, that game always sticks out of my memory as being a massive disappointment. Because it's just mm. fucking irritating. Um, but Hollow Miami 1 was perfect. And there, you know, maybe you guys can help me fill this in a little bit. I was thinking about the sorrow from Metal Gear Solid 3. Do you remember that boss fight? Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about, if I remember right, you're like dead. And you're like a ghost, right? And yeah. you're like trudging through. And they have to do something as far as like committing. I try to remember what it is. Like you either commit suicide or you do something at the end of the, the fight to end it. But it's like, it reminded me a lot. It's like, you kill yourself or you have to take some sort of... Do you remember what happens there? I think you just kill the sorrow. I, no, the, the way right. to end the boss fight with the sorrow was like yeah. very unique. You, you weren't actually shooting him or anything like that. Do you no, remember I think Fish? you just get up there and choke him you guys out. Are I, both, no, you guys are both looking uh, at Because you just walk I, through I, a I river think, no, that's that has how, no one in it. And, uh, no, there was something with the uh, capsule in your tooth. Yes, or something like yes, that. there was something. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, like to wake I up. Think. You just wake up. Oh yeah, because the whole thing is in a dream. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And you just yeah, you're walking through a river of everyone you've killed in the game, or if yes, you're like me, you're walking through a river for five minutes. Um, never killed anyone. Usually not, because it just oh. makes the game much harder in that game. Wow. I like snapping everybody's necks. Yeah, you're sick. <laughs> that's my little mini game. <laughs> you just, just that's how you. That's how fish relieve stress, guys. Fish has had a very, you know, a, t- a tough life. He's been very um, sheltered, very um, shut in, and that's mm-hmm. how he relieves a lot of that. Right. That stress is snapping necks. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, a, there was that boss reminded me. Like I, th- I think you have to either kill yourself or use something to wake up. That was weird. I'll look it up because I don't. I don't want to waste too yeah, much time. Yeah, it's been on it. it's been forever. But yeah, I thought for sure something. you guys remember that. But now I don't feel so bad because I remember that's the whole sad, fight, so. but I don't remember how you wake up. Yeah, that that sucks. That sometimes we like those memories like fade from us. I mean, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. Of all the things I need to retain nowadays, it's not the end of the world. But it just sucks that sometimes that. Did you guys have any other unique or interesting deaths or gameplay type death f- mechanics that stuck out to you that you wanted to mention? Shay? Um, yeah, it's not really unique. It just it's kind of like a, a humble beginning for me scenario. So I've been and I told you guys this a few weeks ago, I've been slowly playing through Shining Force 2 on my phone again. And I've been playing it for the first time for some reason on a much harder difficulty. And at the beginning, it was um it was interesting because I was dying a lot and I totally forgot about this mechanic, but when you die in that game not only i mean do you have to start like a whole battle sequence over again but also you lose half of your money and so i was Mm. dying and i just kept losing half of my money and i almost had no money Mm. it was really difficult to like upgrade my weapons or buy yeah and i was who started that who started the whole you lose half your money thing did pokemon happens in fucking pokemon when you faint in pokemon they take half your goddamn that's like a common video game thing some asshole started that shit and it really doesn't make sense it really doesn't like hey we noticed you are having a hard time with this game 
let's make it harder. Like, really, the whole idea yep. of that sort of being a punishment in games, it doesn't make sense. Um, no, it it's, really it's doesn't. not a fun mechanic at all. Yeah, I mean, the, the closest they've come to making that fun is the, like, the Souls-like genre, where you don't lose it instantly, you have but a chance to get it back. It back. It. Yeah, 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 but, but yeah. like, because the point being, okay, you died. Let's see if you can figure it out. Figure out why you died. Like they're well, trying to teach one. you something at, at that point. They're not just, oh, you had a hard time. Let's take away some of your progress. Like not not just you have to replay through this section. Let's make it harder for you to replay through this section. Um, right. Yeah. So well, the Souls games and like Bloodborne and stuff. That's a good one for this topic too, just because. Mm-hmm. They turn death into a, yes, you fucked up, but if you can get back to your body without dying again, you can collect all of your... So there's like this extra tension yeah. in getting back to you, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that they did in Bloodborne too, which was so great, yeah. was um, the, uh, like your, the staggered damage. I don't remember exactly what they called the system, but whenever you take damage for a short time afterwards, you'll regain it if you damage the enemy that hits you. So it encourages you to be more aggressive and not, not just to be more aggressive, but to like fight smart and, you know, okay, they hit you. See if you can get some health back. It's, it's just, it's trying to teach you the whole time. It's not just, you know, beating you over the head with these deaths. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's true. It gives you the idea. It gives you the chance for redemption Mm -hmm. before true disappointment and that's all we ever want is a shot at redemption uh shay you had something else you want to add yeah i just had one more kind of different differing point to something we haven't really talked about and i think that's permadeath actually in video games because i know fire emblem is pretty famous for that and you can do mm-hmm. the nuzlocke X-com. challenge in pokemon yeah, yeah XCOM, same mm-hmm. thing and it's just like where you basically death is such a finite component of the game it feels like actual death and that makes you you the player um more strategic and that's i think that's like a small group of people that like playing in that way like having that constraint because i was i was originally going to try and play shining force 2 this time with no deaths and if someone died i can't use that character but i'm playing on a harder difficulty so i decided against Mm -hmm. that and it, it just to me that's a concept that like I've never actually played, uh, like I've never done a Nuzlocke challenge, or I've never played Fire Emblem to the point where if someone dies, uh, they're dead forever. Because I've only played the new Fire Emblems, and uh, thankfully they yeah. gave you the option to play that way. But it just—it seems like such a such an interesting way to play games. Like if, if someone dies, yeah. you're fucked. Like that that one is fucked, man. And I I can't I I like that in theory. It just like I don't know. It's it's something yeah. I would actually like like. I think it would be cool if the four of us like did something like that, like a Nuzlocke challenge or went to a Fire Emblem game and played, or played mm-hmm. a game to where mm-hmm. we challenge ourselves to not die, and if we die, you know, that's it. Like, if we were to, like, do some type of, uh, like, Celeste run or Donkey Kong run or something like that where we get as far as we can without dying and, like, we stream it or something like that, and then when it's done, it's done, and whoever wins, we have some type of, like, small prize amongst us or some type of bragging rights thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think that'd yeah. be really cool to do something like that. Yeah. Wh- whoever wins gets a little death. Yeah. Uh, gets a gets a quick death That's from the, French the other three. 
podcast members. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, from from each uh, of the other three, they'll just get the, just get a little death. Just a little bit. That's right. No, that's yeah. Permadeath is a fascinating thing in our industry. The idea that someone wants to play a game that keeps them so stressed the whole time. And like, I've never met anyone that really gets into permadeath. Like, I mean, I know all you guys and I don't think, I don't think you guys have ever expressed any real interest in me and fish tried the Nuzlocke challenge once a true story. We got on, it's actually pretty easy to do. We got on like a Game Boy Advance emulator and I just watched him stream it back in the day. And uh, I'm pretty sure we cheated. There was like once or twice where he died and we're like, that doesn't count. Because it was like, we've been play, playing Pokemon games our whole life. And we were still having trouble doing it. And I was, it was like frustrating, you know? Yeah. Yeah, not using potions. Can't use a Pokemon Center. Or I, or I think we can only use a Pokemon Center like once or twice. No, there was no rule in the Pokemon Center. But potions, no potions. Um, mm. you can only use the first Pokemon you run into and you had to commit to that Pokemon and you, there's stuff like that. Yeah. that was brutal. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That sounds more like it's a waste of time than a challenge because the oh, best way to get no. by that is to just over level. N- n- well, uh, but leveling no. was harder than we thought it was Josh. Cause let's say you found a shitty Pokemon. There was many times that fish was out there in the wild tr- trying to play it safe and something would take him out mm-hmm. by surprise. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. like a weird poisoning or sleep or too many a critical hit. Yeah, 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 critical hit. Yeah. And then uh-huh. we're just like, well, fuck. You know what I mean? So you're right, Josh. You can't over. No, I think the only rule. No, there's a rule, Josh. You can't level past what the gym is at. So, like, if the gym leader's at like thirty, you can't oh, go come past on. thirty. Really? So it requires that much planning ahead. Of- no, that sounds. It does. Like- it does. Yeah. No. I mean. No, that sounds like a huge waste of time. Josh, you're the guy who ran back and forth between water fountains, and you're going to tell me about a waste of time? Well, this is completely (laughs) optional. (laughs) Like, none of this is built into the game at all. Well, that's true. I wish they would build something into the game. That would be cool. If if they had, Mm -hmm. like, a Nuzlocke option and the game did all that annoying shit for you, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's strange. That's actually cool about that. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, anyway. I don't think I've ever used an item in Pokemon anyway, so it's not, like, it's an RPG. Items exist for you to have 99 of them. So, you know, Mm. that part of it is kind of a strange stipulation, but, you know, everything else seems like just a ton of... I don't think we have a challenge for Josh one of these days. No, I'm not wasting my time on a fucking Pokemon game. (laughs) Actually, when I was a kid, going through the original Pokemon Red and Blue, um... Uh, I did not use potions because I felt if I used a potion, that meant I wasn't good enough to actually defeat the Pokemon and that I was just cheating it. So I would sit there until I could actually defeat the Pokemon without using potions. That's real? That really, you did that? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's so weird. The entire three times <laughs> I played through Pokemon Red. You, th- you thought that an item the game <laughs> gives you for healing somehow made you cheap. No, not it didn't make me cheap. It just made it made me realize that my Pokemon aren't strong enough to take them out. Well, that oh, they never sense. really helped. Like if you were getting low enough to need potions anyway, they, they were just yeah. You were gonna use it and then go back exactly down to where you were before. Like they never really helped. Mm, I disagree. Mm-hmm. When some of the bigger potions later on in the game. Like high, like uh, anything, like the bigger potions, not the little. Between Anyways. fights, they made sense, but that's that, that, what you have a chancy for. That's a, that's a so tangent. You can use hard boiled on. 
everything <laughs> in your party. That's that's a tangent for another day. Shay, did you have say something you wanted to jump in with something before we move on? Oh, I was just gonna say that Pokemon Uranium uh, fan made game that I played mm-hmm. like near the beginning of when we first started this podcast. Uh, the creator of that yeah. actually integrated a Nuzlocke challenge into the options at the very beginning of the game. So if you wanted to play, mm-hmm. it kind of set it all up for you. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. See, that See, that, that makes cool. more sense because yeah. otherwise you're going to have to play with a walkthrough so you don't accidentally overlevel well, or something like that. No, you're right, yeah. Josh. I mean, I yeah. agree that that part of the Nuzlocke Which, challenge yeah. sucks because you it's too much of a trust system. And when you have something difficult like that, people are going to, you know, find a way around well, stuff. So, well, yep. it's because you, you end up playing through with a guide, which is, I mean, that's what I end up doing every single fucking Persona game. You play through going back and forth between, you know, a strategy guide and the game, which just gets boring. Like, whenever there's that much outside of the game required. Oh, you mean like you use the strategy game game optimally? For like the romances and stuff like that? I mean, that's Yeah. Go ahead, Well, just in in order to be able to even max out stuff in that game, you could only go into the dungeon like twice through the whole thing. And it was just. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. They need to find a better way to do that. That kind of stuff was fun. That stuff was fun when we were kids, like Final Fantasy, where mm-hmm. you know you wanted to discover everything, so you go through the guide. And it was like, for me at least, it was something I would do. Like I'd buy a guide, or I would have my family mm-hmm. buy me a guide, and then I would just sit there and thumb through it, being like, ooh, you know, like where's this hidden character at that i can use where is this at and it was fun as a kid but now it's it almost feels dirty. in a way kind of cheap yeah dirty josh and is holding up his Metroid prime guide right now yeah it's yeah, just like yeah. it's like, it's it feels wrong in a way to use a, well, use as a we're guide, older, we get. But... Mm-hmm. i agree yeah as you get older you must feel more satisfaction from but see, that's the tricky thing, right? Like, I just wrote this down as topic of the show one day. Playing with guides and help and stuff like that. Because we can spin off on this maybe another day because you're right. There are still people nowadays, adults I know, that would be like, when they buy a new game, they buy the guide with it. Because they like to have all the information at their fingertips. There are mm-hmm. still adults that exist that do that. And that's fascinating to me. Um, yeah. About the only thing I do that with now is like uh, Smash Brothers games. Um, just cause it's nice to have a reference sheet of damage values and stuff while you're learning sure. all the different characters. Sure. Pokemon is pretty cool too, because there's so much in the Pokemon biology, like what moves they learn, what they breed with. It's really mm-hmm. helpful to have that kind of information handy too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's almost become superfluous though, because like you can look on websites like Bulbapedia, but let's yes. save that topic for another day. Yes. Cause that's a fun like topic. Said, let's we, we'll it. go deep so. into that. Yeah. Yep. I agree. We'll go deep. Um, and then transitioning here as we change, I wanted to say I found this because I'm sure there's someone out there screaming at their um, podcast right now about that Metal Gear Solid thing. If you want Sorrow's camo, so this is the Sorrow Metal Gear Solid Three. Yeah. Um, you simply walk to the end of the river and reach the Sorrow's floating corpse. When you do this, Snake dies. However, unlike normal deaths, you can still access your menu. So hold L2, select the revival pill. And use it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other way you can beat it is kind of morbid. You can just drown Snake at the beginning. So you can literally just go underwater and drown Snake, which is pretty fucked up. So that's probably why I thought of death when I thought of this. 
because there was the ways that you get out of that boss fight as a gameplay mechanic were basically to kill yourself. And I always thought that was very interesting. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, moving on, a uh, lot of fun, um, kind of discussing this stuff. And I'm sure we'll see that progression change even more as video, as we get deeper in a lot of these games like Celeste, which inspired this and we've been playing a lot of it and we've been fighting a lot about it. And, you know, I'm, I will tease the argument we had, but we don't have to get right into that. Um, Shay keeps raising his hand like we're in school. He's been t- our teacher. Shay t- does too much teaching. He keeps raising his hand on the webcam. No, I just don't want to be rude, man. I forgot about one that I really, really, really wanted to talk about. Um, is a PS1 game called Herc's Adventures, and it was uh, from the creators of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> Fish is laughing. At just wait, just wait. <laughs> so when you would when you would like lose all your health and die in this game you didn't like actually die what ended up happening is you went into the underworld essentially and you had to escape the underworld without dying there and if Mm. you escaped then you would be revived and all your health would be back you'd have all your items and it would be like nothing ever happened but if you died in the underworld then your game was over until you'd have to go back to your previous save point but the weird thing about it is each time you went into the underworld you went further and further down into the underworld. And if you got to the final room, basically you were just trapped and there was no way you could escape and your whole game was over. So it was, I for, I completely want, I had wanted to talk about that and I completely forgot about it until now because it's just such a, it's, it's a, you have to escape from like a side area. Yeah. And it's yeah. something I've never mm. entirely experienced in another game. And it was kind of cool. There is that. another one that, that does that and it's escaping me but that's a good point Shane. also world of warcraft did a similar thing where like you would die and you had to you ran with your ghost back to your body um kind of a thing i remember that was like a whole world of warcraft thing but it wasn't really that big of a penalty i it was just sort of there was no way to dive in you know in a game like an mmo so they just want to kind of punish you a little bit so it was more about okay well you have to run all the way back to your body as punishment for fucking up so um, well actually if you died a lot um you eventually get like a penalty to like your gear stats and whatnot. Yeah. I think yeah. it was like resurrection sickness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So basically it goes back to what Fisher was saying, you know, a lot death is mostly just used as a penalty, but they're, they're using it in a lot of interesting ways now. And I'm curious to see where it continues to go, but back to Celeste, um, we've been playing it. Josh, you seem to be really enjoying it. So I guess I'll let you talk about it first before we have our spirited debate. People's, um, so you are enjoying Celeste quite a bit, it sounds like? Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a ridiculously tight platformer, kind of in the Super Meat Boy vein. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with longer levels, but each screen is about the same size as like a Meat Boy level, more or less. Um, so it's, you know, it's broken into chunks that are about the same size. Um, generally on a smaller scale than Meat Boy. Meat Boy was pretty tiny compared to some of the levels he was in. Um, whereas this one feels scale-wise closer to something like a Mario or something. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it's got a main story path that you can go through without a ton of difficulty. It's not not that difficult, but it has optional challenges all over the place with these strawberries you can collect and uh 
<clears throat> I mentioned it briefly when we were talking before, but there are also um, B-sides you can get, which are hard modes of the levels, and mm -hmm. also hearts, which I still haven't figured out what those do, and kind of as we were touching on before in the strategy guide portion, I've not looked up, so I want to figure it out on my own, because it seems okay. like there's something hidden there as well. Because um, once you collect them, they go into a list that you can reorder them in. And I have no idea why you'd need to reorder all the hearts that you've collected. It just seems like a strange thing to do. So there's, there's got to be something hidden there, too. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fast death reset style platformer. Mm -hmm. Twitch-based um, platformer. Yeah. Would mm -hmm. you say you're enjoying it more or less than Meat Boy? Oof. I mean that's I hard to say. I didn't ask they're you both, the pleasure yourself, both Josh. Really I just asked you for <laughs> for for slightly <sighs> different reasons. Um, okay, so he's gonna plead the fifth on not answering the question. I think I'm enjoying Celeste a little more, but it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. They're they're very different. Like Meat Boy, like I said before, is on a huge scale. Like there's a ton of a ton ton of momentum and stuff going on. Um, just massive massive jumps that you can make in there. Um, yeah. Whereas this one's, it's on a much smaller, like tighter scale. It's, they're almost doing two different things. Um, I think I like Celeste better, but it's hard. It's, they're both amazing. It's really hard to say. Um, okay. Um, that, that, and I've not played as much as Celeste. So it's, I'm, I'm assuming some things as far as maximum difficulty level going yeah. forward. Projecting because there a little are, bit, yeah. Even even without trying to, I found out there are actually seaside levels that are even harder than the B sides that I'm going through currently. Um, so that that sounds like it's going to get ridiculously hard. Speaking of uh, hard, Fish was telling me that his palms were sweaty after playing uh, Celeste last night. Like, My palms haven't been sweaty. Were, were his knees weak? <laughs> Arms heavy. <laughs> Mom's Mom's spaghetti? I think I, yeah, I think I did have mom's spaghetti actually. Uh, is that code for something? Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to take that one back. I didn't mean it in the way it came out. Um, <clears throat> that's what she said. So, anyways, fish said he no. Yeah, that game is truth, that game is keeps you on edge as far as like difficulty goes, like. You you have a very exacting type of control over your character, but you have to be perfect with your jumps and your air dashes to the point where I was just gripping. I don't know if you guys were doing this, but the whole time I'm playing that game, whenever I'm making jumps, I grip R2 and just hold that down mm -hmm. whenever I It hurts. Yeah, like it's like my finger yeah. was hurting afterwards. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, mashing, you know, jumping. Uh, air dash, uh, but I mean, it's very, the controls are very simple. It's like the, the difficulty comes in, uh, at least where, as far as where I've gotten, I think I'm at the third stage, which is, um, the hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, but so far, like the difficulty has been uh, lining up your directional air dashes, um, you know, midair, um, timing to get to certain points yeah. yeah and the timing of course um um but yeah it, it i've been having fun with it and i i love the challenge of this game 
Um, it reminded me of the last level of, uh, or, well, the true level, last level of Cave Story, where uh-huh. uh, it, it's, it's actually kind of like a secret level. You have to unlock it by, like, saving the girl um, from drowning or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that, that level like just changes up the way that you play that game because you, you just have to run through a whole fucking gauntlet and, um, in cave store, you actually have health. So like you can, you get hit a few times, but, um, there's like flying angel babies with knives that would attack you and like, uh, almost like a very much like Celeste where you're going through different areas where there's just spikes all along the wall and you have to go dash through it. Um, I, you get a rocket and you kind of have to r- rocket around through that stuff, but you wouldn't have enough rocket in there or uh, fuel to get through there. And you would have to use your missiles to, mm-hmm. you know, jump, make uh missile jumps and stuff like that. Um, and that just frustrated the fuck out of me because I wanted to beat that last boss so bad. And every time, I would get up to the last boss. I would have like slivers of health, but like, it, I, it, it, that drive of wanting to kill that boss is what got me through that whole big gauntlet. Because when I first saw that gauntlet, I was just like, "Fuck no, I can't do this. There's no fucking <laughs> way." And eventually, like, you get better, and it, it's very much like in Celeste, where, you, yeah, you're you're learning how to control your character, what you can do, and um. Mm-hmm. They present all that stuff like in uh, a very intuitive and almost pleasant way at times. Like when they introduce those little gems that float that give you a second air dash, mm-hmm. like they they gently ease you into those into the different mechanics that they uh, propose in the game. Then it then they use those mechanics to kind of make things a lot more difficult to the point where there's like you see three gems on the screen and you have to make these perfect jumps to get to each gem to get through a, uh just walls of spike um yeah and that's been the yeah 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 um, controller gripping controller <laughs> sweating gripping difficulty um yeah. shay I, I mean i know as a big meat boy fan i don't i'm not gonna ask you to make a comparison but sounds like you also were enjoying celeste for the most part as you said you were enjoying enjoying it heaps or enjoying both heaps so yeah yeah no it's it's a really good game um i'm having a lot of fun with it uh uh one thing i like uh that fish was kind of lightly uh skirting on is the difficulty is as hard as your limitations with the physics or the mechanics of the game because kind of like meat boy you can do so many different things in that game and you're limited by basically how your mind wraps around a puzzle and you're also limited by your your uh, your hand-eye coordination, basically, and how fast you react to something. Because you can do some pretty pinpoint things in Celeste, um, especially with the dash ability. But you have to be able to execute it effectively. So, yeah, that's true. I I, I really yeah. like that. I like that aspect because that's one of the things that was really endearing to me about uh super meat boy is you can do all these fantastic things if you practice you play enough and your mind just is able to work that way um it's 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 what Mm -hmm. i think that kind of mentality has been in a lot of games recently you look at something like uh rocket league where that one 
is like a lot of geometry based kind of like a pool game but it's also like try and wrap your mind about around what different things you can do so i think that's kind of a uh not necessarily a trend in gaming but more games have kind of taken notice and trying to push the push the limitations of our mind in terms of how mechanics yeah. work and yeah i think celeste just has a beautiful well, yeah, way, I mean... or has a beautiful way of doing that yeah i mean you mentioned that i mean that's one of the things i like so much about super mario odyssey was that beating the main storyline again you just mm-hmm. kind of need to know how that that Mario jumps. You, you got that down. You you can beat mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. But the things you can do with his move set in Odyssey are some of the craziest things you've ever been able to do in a Mario game. Like they allow you to do just insane combos and get mm-hmm. to places. Like it's it's well, so well designed that it just it allows you to really really express yourself and and make the character move the way you want them to yeah, that's what's interesting about a lot of these games like celeste and a lot of the other ones we mentioned is that they take a very simple concept and they push it in a million ways so it's like they sat down they said look you when you push this button she dashes and when you grab this she holds on to something okay now let's design a level and let's jump around for an hour and see if we can find out how to make this space hard and you know like they take something very simple and design everything around um, but the most interesting thing to me from a game design perspective is that they're designing this game around such a steep difficulty. Like, for example, Fish, you probably died, would you say, a hundred times playing Celeste last night, roughly? Uh, easily, yeah. Okay. So how do you design a game in a way that you know people are going to die? Because technically speaking, you can do everything on your first try, right? You should, you, you could, you could jump, you could dash, you could grab, you could do it all on one shot, but it's tuned as a difficulty so that you will die a lot without feeling cheated and that's not an easy thing to do i feel the same way with cuphead and meat boy in a lot of these games and i'm fascinated Mm -hmm. by that design like how you can design something that technically you can do in one shot but 99 percent of people that are played are going to die 15 or 20 times before they get to that room that's fascinating to me that that is a that's a design technique that is interesting um and i assume challenging so I don't know. I always think about that stuff. For sure. Whenever you get up to the pro level, as far as like people beating games. uh, On expert? Like like uh, me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Just like you. Thanks. Um, Whenever those people like, (laughs) usually, well, not with you, Morgan, because I'm sure it was just sheer luck that you beat it on expert. (laughs) Probably, yeah. But uh, (laughs) uh, uh, certain people will, will find out how many pixels does you know like celeste uh can air dash at how far and i'm sure that's that that knowledge is actually uh apparent to the developers so that's true they that's can true. make just just enough of row just enough rows of spikes to where you have like one pixel of, leeway uh, yeah so you're, cl- so you're saying they know the math yeah. they know the math behind it yeah yeah mm-hmm. pretty much yeah you're ruining the illusion or they like they know the geometry <laughs> behind it but you know. yeah oh yes. yeah 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 that's true that's true but i mean and the algebra that's still you still have to design you're you're right maybe it's and the calculus yeah the limits and the <laughs> <Guys>. derivative <laughs> and the economics <laughs> Uh, what? what? <laughs> All right, you lost me there. <laughs> There's math and economics, right? Um, no. So, okay. fish, and first of all, yeah, fish, 
I gotta teach you better how to like. If you're gonna make fun of me, man, you gotta. I gave you the chance, and you're like, yeah, just like you, Morgan. And then you start talking. You're like, no, 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 not like you, Morgan. You got. You gotta take it when I give it to you. You gotta slam me right at that first opportunity. Mm. Oh. I love slamming. Yeah. <laughs> just not in public. That's that's true. Don't be ashamed of our love. Um. Now I threw myself off. So I guess it's only fair. Um. So. Let's just slam each other. Right <laughs> let's now. just let's just let's just brainstorm. Let's just bash our each other's guts in, and then let's brainstorm. Um, remember that term when you're younger, fuck someone's brains out. I never hear that anymore. But I said that the other day yeah. to my girlfriend, and she got really turned on. I was like, I want to fuck your brains out. She's, I haven't heard that in forever, but it sounds hot. I was like, yeah. So next time you're alone with your, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you, yeah. I thought you guys Bring were gonna go back. somewhere like you want to be inside each other's guts. You know what I mean? Like sticking hmm. your Willy inside of each other's guts. No, no. Hmm. We're bringing it back. That'll be our third T-shirt. Um, we'll have when the, where the bricks are. What was the, what did you say about the bricks earlier? About where the bricks aren't. Um, then we'll do one that's like uh, fuck those brains out. Anyways, um, back on topic here. That, that that's two shirts. I'm glad you can count. Math no, there was there was a the, well. I thought our first shirt was agreed on. Um, but that was just gonna be like a regular. What's agreed on? <sighs> I'm really losing control of this. I'm really losing control of this segment. God damn it! Okay, I feel like that was some. I feel like that was some creature in Star Trek that agreed on. Yeah, that's, that's the guy that agreed that on shot, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that'll be, that's our shirt. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, he shot greed on. Okay, I'm sure the Star Wars fans will love that. I hate it. I hated we're, that. We're gonna on. make people so mad. <laughs> I love the idea. I, I of just, actually he's am on a, a shirt. very avid people... fan of Star Trek, and I think it's hilarious. So if fans get mad, <laughs> I will be like, hey, listen, I am a fellow and avid Star Trek watcher, and you need to cool your shit. Because Greedon is the best character in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, so b- back to our original fight, though. Josh had said something the other day that left me flabbergasted. Uh, and that was about, he said that Celeste wasn't in the same stratosphere or whatever as cuphead and now i've had time to process this and i've calmed down quite a bit um and look it's not gonna it's not gonna <laughs> it's <laughs> uh sorry um it's not going to help to there's no i'm not gonna be able to convince josh that cuphead's better and you can't convince me that celeste is worse and that's a silly argument to even have but I think the thing that I'm getting hung up on with Celeste, I'll say this. I think it's well made. I think it's a good game. Um, I, and by say that, I mean like we've already discussed sort of the, the challenge of making a difficulty that works really well. It seems to control fairly. It's a little slower than I'm used to, but as far as like speed in Twitch games, like something like a Meat Boy, like Celeste just moves a little slower uh, intentionally. Um, but it, it, it's a very solid one. And it's completely, it was written. And directed and designed by one person. And then, of course, he had other people working with him. Um, but I was just looking it up before the show. And his name is Matt Thorson. He directed it, designed it, and r- wrote it. Um, and he, the developer is called Matt Makes Games. So um, that's the first thing that pops up when you beat the game. It says that it's like, it's, it's very much, it feels like the project of a single mind, which you can tell. Mm. Um, but I think for me, just the aesthetic. I hate the way it looks. I don't think the music is very good. I, there's nothing about the game that is going to stick out. What? Several. 
To which thing? How far did you get? I'm right where you are, Fish. I'm at. Oh, that's nothing I want to oh. mention. I'm just. I'm at the hotel as well, so I don't want people to think I've been. Oh, okay. Home. I'm where Fish is at. Mm. As well. Right. Um. Uh, I I thought that dream sequence was. Uh, like going through the first part of it, I was like, okay, this is okay. Like I'm, you're getting used to the controls, and then once you get to the mirror, and it shatters. Mm. Um, the, from then on, I was like, okay, the this pink is. Pink evil Celeste comes out. Yes, yeah. and that that music kicks in, and like you're being—it's almost like a time trials type of thing where you have to be just quick enough um, over the ghosting uh, evil Celeste, uh, or not Celeste, uh, Madeline, I believe is her mm-hmm. true name, but I named her Celeste, um, just because I like Celeste the name. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you really got hung yeah, up on it, that little brain thought, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> Sorry. I, I knew a girl in high school whose name was oh, Celeste. Oh, and you had a crush on her? Oh. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Celeste, the one that got away. Mm-hmm. She was bow legged. Actually, with fish, it's like, how many got away? <laughs> they were just pretty much. <laughs> wow! That was. <laughs> I did not. Huh. I still liked her. I didn't see that coming. I really got didn't. nothing against bow legged people. Apparently, no. Yes, oh, well, you that shouldn't. wasn't a euphemism. Oh, no. <laughs> Fish had an interesting past. So you're saying that's when you... Well, I don't mean, I don't mean it's bad. It's just the music... I, the music's fine. I just... It's not really sticking out to me as being anything really... Like, when you think mm-hmm. of a lot of the games we discussed, like Meat Boy and Cuphead and Hotline Miami, for example, every one of those games has, like, incredible soundtrack. And this soundtrack is fine. I think the game, the aesthetic is fine. It's, like, big and pixelated. This is what I would say, Josh, as my counter-argument to you, respectfully, is that people will talk about Cuphead's art direction 10 years from now. There's nothing they're going to talk about with Celeste. I'd be surprised if people are even mentioning it a year from now. Um, So I just don't think it's that important, but that doesn't mean it's not a good game. It's just, there's, there's nothing that's sticking out to me as being exemplary that's going to, that makes me, you know. It has very, very few exemplary qualities. Exemplary. <laughs> exemplary. That's right. I said that fucking right. God damn it. Exemplary. Did you sh- just shit out your mouth, Morgan? Just because I stumbled a little bit on the word doesn't mean I said it wrong, all right? You guys have said a lot of weirder stuff on here. Huh. Exemplary. God damn it. So, I, exemplary. I, exemplary. I, I, is it exemplary? Yes. Really? Exemplary. Hold on. Yes. Exemplary. <laughs> How do you never believe us? To Google. Fucking Mr. Oh I, my God. I believe you. I, be, I believe you. That's the. I'm an English teacher and you don't trust me. I, okay, first of all, I trust you. I just want to hear it for myself. Exemplary. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not t- technically. Son. Oh. They're saying exemplary, and I say exemplary. Let's move on. <laughs> um, You're wrong. Let's move on. There, there's just nothing about it to me that's really standing out as being that interesting. Um, so it's a little dull to me. Even the raspberries thing, like, why can't I? Why can't somebody make something weird? <laughs> like a strawberries. A strawberries, yeah, whatever. Fucking moron. You fucking strawberries. suck at talking about this game. <laughs> <laughs> Raspberries, strawberries, whatever. Um I, it would be cooler if there was like I don't see why you're getting so hung up. Please on... start this sh- 
Please tell me the name of the show is Exemplar. However he said it. I don't Exemplary. even know how he Exemplary Strawberries. Yeah. Exemplary Strawberries. It's, it, you guys uh, are just getting berry, too hung up on this, whatever a raspberry a fucking berry who gives a fuck it's the stupid fruit the point is it's a delicious if I was fruit. making a weird game I'd be like gliding around collecting like diet you know diet soda or something quirky like that you know what I mean just give it some personality like I don't know what? that's fair that's fair like I, I remember Tomb Raider not being the <laughs> generic woman with giant polygonal boobies she was definitely a character i remember yeah she was thank you shay we we agree with the that's point called sarcasm well i sorry i'm taking it at face value oh what's what wait what what did you even do in that game you ran around with a gun and you what? shot endangered animals see you don't have to oh that's see that's great that's a good valuable lesson for children <laughs> Children, if you just, want to learn anything, take a pistol and go shoot bears and tigers. Because mm-hmm. we don't need them. And show a little and tits. Clearly, I mean, come on. Yes. Why not? Not just show endangered animals. Come on. You also you also shot uh, dinosaurs. So yeah, extinct that's animals too. Yeah. Uh, well, is it so we complain? See, I don't understand why you have to bring another game down. That has nothing to do with the. the the game just, I just don't understand. What did you what did you what did you collect in Tomb Raider? Which Tomb Raider? The first one. I don't care. Well, if you don't remember, all, then it's, it's all the same game. It's all the same game. You didn't even it's remember they were the strawberries. Game. Come on. It, it doesn't matter. Strawberries, snozberries. It's all the same goddamn That's shit. my point here. Who gives That's what I'm saying. Like Tomb Raider, you collect menial pointless shit. Look, it's not it's just, it's for fun. You're, you're overanalyzing. Yes, the yes, but that's what I'm saying. The for fun things you're, that's, but my point is not that there's anything wrong with it. My point is that it's not connecting with me. I, I think you're missing that. I'm not saying that there's, it's somehow like dumb that she collects strawberries. I'm saying that it's just, it's yeah. all, it's example of just being dull. That's, and I just, yeah. dullness yeah, no, is no, I totally get that. I mean, that's, that's why Donkey Kong connects with you so much, just because you collect bananas and those, <laughs> those touch you. <laughs> No, in, no, that makes more know, sense. In a very, no, Josh, think about yeah, it. They're phallic. He likes mm-hmm. he likes collecting phallic things, <laughs> trophies, bananas. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the irony it is all that I now. actually despise bananas. They are they are the most. I think they're the most disgusting thing on this earth. So there's a weird I- irony there for me. Um, I'd probably it's rather, not it's not eating pussy. Uh, Shay, that is inappropriate. Pussy is beautiful. <laughs> you. <laughs> We're gonna have that one out. It's like the <laughs> banana of the crotch. Well, I mean, not exactly. That's kind of already taken, but. The banana of the crotch. <laughs> Let's edit that one <laughs> That was a fun side. I really, this, this really spiraled out of control. I love how when you guys like a game and I don't like it, you guys go on the full, like, very attack, like, very aggressive. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's fascinating. It's your. It's your it's your piss poor reasoning. That's all. Like there's My, nothing there, substantial about there it. There is, there is. Look, I made a very good point, Shane. You're just failing to accept it. There's nothing people are going to remember about this game in a year. Where there's things about Cuphead, like the art direction, that are going to win awards, and people are going to talk about it ten years from now. That's a very clear point. There's nothing piss poor reasoning I, about that. Yeah, well, here, here's what I mean by that. Uh, 
I I agree to the extent that Cuphead is going to be talked about years from now. I will even take your side on saying Josh was, I think, a little hasty to say that uh, Cuphead wishes it had an... Oh, wait, no, you said that. Never mind. Cuphead isn't even in the same league as Celeste. I think that was a little hasty, but... And that's where me siding with you stops. Because I think Celeste is going to be talked about yeah. for its mechanics. Because it's it's like this beautiful blend of a lot of really good platformers. Like, you take Super Meat Boy mechanics, you take um, something a little bit like Braid mechanics. There's a little bit of that in there. I love the, I love the gripping. Um, because it gives you a different way to do things. It's a different take on a mechanic that is still working eight years later in Super Meat Boy. Um, that game sold like gangbusters mm-hmm. for the Switch and because people love that game. People gravitate not only to the quirkiness of uh, the story, but the mechanics as well. And I think that Celeste is going to be remembered for its um, take on the mechanics because it's not incredibly un- unique, but it's taking a formula that worked really well and putting its own spin on it. And I like that a lot that it, it, it does that. And I think that other people are going to remember it for that. And I, the reason why I also say is uh, your reasoning is piss poor is you said the music is boring. And I absolutely disagree with that. The, I think the music is wonderful for the game and it sets the tone yeah. so well. It sets the atmosphere of that game perfectly. Like what, what kind of music do you want when you're climbing a snowy mountain and you're by yourself? Like, I think the sound production in this game is not incredible. It doesn't blow me away like some other games did last year, like Hellblade, but the sound production is pretty darn good for this game in terms of atmosphere. Well, I mean, that's... that's... The music music is really good in this game. They have a few tracks that are a little too familiar. Like, they seem a little too close to other games. Um, yes, but, yeah, but exactly. for the most part, they're really good. Um, no, that's exactly my point. That's exactly what I would say, Josh. It just, there's nothing really distinctive about it for me. And I, I agree with you guys. I think the gameplay is the best part of it, the mechanics and all of that. But I mean, when I, it's, I just not connecting with any of the stuff around it. I think the game looks bland. I don't like, um, I think that the, the music, like Josh said, it's, it seems a little derivative. Um, it's, it's, it's actually, I think it's good. But it doesn't like here's the right when I play Celeste, I don't feel anything in my I don't feel anything. I don't feel hate. I don't feel anger. I don't all I feel is bored. I'm bored looking at it. I'm bored listening to it. And I'm kind of bored playing it. I think it's fine. So I just it's not connecting with me. But um, that doesn't mean I think it's a bad game. I think it's insane to put it in the same class as Cuphead. I think that's actually insane. I think you should have yourself certifiably checked out, Josh, because I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a podcast called The Chompcast, and it was their game of the year. You should go listen to it sometime. Um, uh-huh. And they made it their game of the year, and I think that was the uh, and one of the toughest years in video games ever. Um, but I think, it's a, I think it's a good game. I do. I think Celeste is a good game. I'm just, it's a little, it's just boring to me. It's a little dull. It's not doing anything. But that's taste. That's preferential. Like, um, yeah. You just don't really have a thing for hard games. Yeah, I never beat Cuphead on Expert or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you set him up for that one, Josh. Come on. I did. I intentionally <laughs> did that. Uh, come on, keep setting me up, guys. Keep setting mm-hmm. me up. Um, 
I don't know. And like Josh said, the, it doesn't seem that hard to me so far. It seems fine. I'm dying a lot. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not dying. It just doesn't seem. But that's what the B-sides are for and the other. If you want that challenge, it's there. Um, and my palms aren't sweating. I don't know. I, fish might be your diet or something, man. You might want to check it out because my palms aren't sweating. So. Oh. Weird. I, I don't think you have any room to give anyone any advice about <laughs> diet. Me and fish are in the same shitty not diet. Yours. That's the whole point. We're eating the same garbage. We're funneling garbage down so, our throat every day. So you have no room for advice for fish. Well, maybe he respects me because he understands that I also eat garbage. So I'm looking out for him. Mm -hmm. That's clearly we're garbage pros. But I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I mean, I feel like I'm look. I'm probably in the minority a little bit. There might be someone out there that listens to it. I I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Fish, do you think you're actually going to stick with it, or is this something you're going to sample and drop off? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I like the challenge of it. Like, Why don't you know? Let's yeah. just stop there. I'm going to analyze you live. Okay. Why? Hmm. Why are you on the fence about even continuing to play this uh, further? I, I kind of agree with you as far as like it not really sticking out. Um, but like the character interactions, I feel, are very well done. Like The dialogue between them is really good um, with the N NPCs that you come across. And even like the, the, the level that I'm at, like, you're in a hotel and there's a concierge who is kind of guiding you through the hotel. Um, and eventually it leads up to you like folding a bunch of, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's, it's got some heart to it that I Big enjoy. Charm. Um, yeah, some charm to it. Um, and yeah, th where this game really shines is that, is that level of difficulty in platforming. And, um, I, I think it's, uh, it's it's a bit inventive, I would say. Um, uh, I like that kind of uh, game style. So you didn't answer the question. I don't know. You just you're, yeah. Hey, I can <laughs> ask you about any around. other game you played, and you're like, I'm gonna play this more tomorrow. I'm gonna play this more this week. How mm -hmm. come with this game, you're like, yeah, I'm I don't on know. A, yeah, I don't know. And maybe because I'm still enthralled with Monster Hunter, but uh, so you I would agree that Monster other... Hunter is a better game than Celeste. I oh now I'm just now I'm just trying to razz Josh completely. <laughs> Look at his face. He's raging right now with seething. Um I don't even know if I could agree. Oh well, yeah. No, that, that that's pity. I'm mm. I'm looking at a man oh. who obviously can't dress himself and no. wondering where his oh, family gosh. is and <laughs> and how he's been left. Left alone. What am I doing here? Yeah, we thought, in his delirium. To these three there's guys. a lot of low blows long, yeah. slinging around tonight. This is probably <laughs> the most violent pot. We have really been attacking each other all over the place. We've been smashing real good. Yeah, lots, lots of smashing. Lots of smashing. Um, <laughs> Shay, are you going to continue to play Celeste? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm on the fifth world right now. And um, I don't know how far I am into that, but I'm definitely going to finish the game. It's it's a, for me. It's a very similar feeling of when I played um, Super Super Meat Boy. I just I feel for me I feel compelled to just get through the entire game, and eventually it won't be right away. But I know the the compellence a word. Uh, I will feel compelled to essentially get all the strawberries. Uh, no raspberries. Did you say and compellence? I will feel compelled to get all the... Compellence. <laughs> Did you say compellence? I said, is that a word? 
compellence. But and then I changed. Yeah. Then I changed it to like, like a compilation. You know. But, Wait. So you're gonna rip me apart for slightly pronouncing a word wrong, but you say compellence, and then you back out of I it asked, like you didn't do anything wrong. Oh yeah, 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 I took it back. <laughs> I asked if it was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is English do, do you have an answer my question? Is it a word? It is actually. What is it? But do you know? <laughs> but I don't think you used it in the correct. What do you think compellence means, Shay? He's Google. Don't Google. He's Googling it. He's Googling it. You're goddamn right. I'm Googling because now I want to know. So the point is, you didn't know. Compellence as a direct action that persuades an opponent to give up something that is. So no. Anyways, um, but that's yeah. okay. That's okay. We'll say we can just rip Morgan apart for a slight mispronunciation. I know, I know in game that they they tell you that those strawberries are for nothing, but I feel like they're lying to me. What do me. they call them? Raspberries? Mm-hmm. Call them raspberries. They're, they're, yeah. They are for they're for like pride. They they are for nothing. They have no purpose in the game. Yeah. Mm. That's okay. because Morgan takes no pride in anything he does. I got thirty five strawberries. I took pride in my expert cuphead. Um, okay, let's get this back on the high road. I, this is pretty exciting, guys. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I had to pull some strings to make this happen. Um, and and he's, he's making an appearance here. We had a poll on the Instagram, at Swordchomp on Instagram, about the one and only Squall Leonhart. He's joining us right now. Um, literally, I, I... Is that Squall Leonhart? I'm sorry, Leonhart? Squall Leonhart. Or Lionheart? Squall Leonhart. Or Lionheart? If we're just going to spend know. the whole show correcting each other, we're not going to get anywhere. Um, I'm just Lionheart. doing this to piss you off at this point. Uh, you're right, though. You're right. I, I, I should introduce the guest by correctly pronouncing the name. Squall Leonhart is here. How you doing, Squall? Pretty good. Um, it's whatever. It is. Took the words right out of my mouth. I, I'm, I'm honored to have you here on the show, Squall. Um, for, first of all, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, Cypher was always my favorite character, but Squall was always a badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How could you not like the Renazukan? Exactly. Exactly. How could you not? Now, I, I wanted to, I know it's just tough, and I appreciate you being on here to talk some difficult topics. I ran a poll on the Instagram at Swordchomp, and I asked, is Squall the coolest Final Fantasy character? And look, I had your back. I was trying to put the poll out there, and it came back. 75% of our followers said you are not the coolest Final Fantasy character. Oh, God I'm going to throw up. It's, it's, I know, Shay. I agree. I, I was that also... That poll makes about as much sense as your, you know... Oh, God damn it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, just, I can't Keep do it. Sorry, sorry, Squall. Yeah, it's very rude to interrupt a special guest that we have here. Um, no, but I mean, the, ra- the, ra- the reason no, we had uh, phrased uh, that, I don't know why she has such an issue with that poll. I mean, we try to run fun polls at the Ad Sword Chomp Instagram, and Squall has always been notorious with being cool. I mean, I knew if I said, is he your favorite, he's not going to win that vote, because everyone, you know, shits on Final Fantasy VIII. But I thought, look, Squall, you're a cool guy. You should, I mean, you're at least the coolest Final Fantasy protagonist. I think so. But they disagree. I'm sorry, Squall. Hey, it's okay. It's whatever. It's whatever. That's, that's, you have a great attitude. Really, really great attitude on life. 
Um, I, I only had want to ask you one more question here. Um, Final Fantasy VII is getting the you know the big remake because everyone loves Final Fantasy VII. Rah, rah, rah. Now Final Fantasy VIII, you never hear about it, um, even though it sold just almost eight million copies physically. God knows how much it sold since then. Would you like to see a Final Fantasy VIII remake one day? Oh yeah, wouldn't you like to see my face in high definition? <laughs> I I would actually. Um, God, I mean, I have so many questions for you, but you know, you're you're a man of few words, and I, I know, you know, honestly, I'd love to have you on the show sometime. Shay actually has a connection with Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. I'd love to have like a dialogue between you two. Um, I just think that'd be fantastic. So maybe one day, you know, if I can get you a few moments of your time, that would be incredible. But thank you again, Squall. Look, I'm sorry. I think you are the coolest Final Fantasy um, protagonist. So. The people have spoken, and they say you're not, so. Whatever. <laughs> not a very good interview to have. I just had you on the show so we could talk about how everyone doesn't think you're that great. Um, but until next time, Squall, we'd love to have you on the show again. You're a, you're a true hero to us all. So take care. You have a good one, Squall. All right. Um, uh, Fish, I know Squall is one of your heroes, so. I mean, that's got to be. That fucking loser's yeah. gone. Wow. Oh goodness! Wow. I can breathe again. Jesus God, Christ! So sexy. Uh, so much cologne. Why? Why? Is, so much cologne. <laughs> why would he do that? Oh, just a cloud of it. Can't I, breathe I, now. I thought it smelled good. It smells like a. It smelled like an air freshener at a colostomy clinic. I know. Oh, God damn! It's like balm for men. Oh. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, I don't know. Scent of Shiva. Oh. I, I thought it smelled good, honestly. Um, but look. Felt like he, it's like he dipped his jeans in a vat of brute. Oh and no! He just walked in here. Squall doesn't wear brute. God damn it! Come on. Yes, he does. And, yeah, and he, he wears Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. Josh, and, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like all this Squall negativity that I'm hearing on this show. So who? I mean, if if he's not this, my question that I couldn't really do is if Squall isn't the coolest protagonist, then who is? God damn it! Who is? Uh, no, I like Cloud better. But is he cooler? That's the question. It's not about who you like better. See, this is the problem with the shit. It's who's cool. Who's the coolest? Mm -hmm. I still think Locke is probably the coolest. Uh, they still haven't beaten Locke. Wh what is he from? Six? Five? Where's from Locke? six. I do love Lost. <laughs> uh, okay. Um... All right, Fish. Well, I guess we're alone in thinking that Squall is the coolest. Sorry. Oh, well. Oh, that... That guy has a fluffy jacket. That, that voice, uh, like that no voice sounded oddly familiar. Huh. Strange. Very strange. He's... <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. There we go. Yeah. That's, Where did... that's the fish I know. Hmm. Um, hmm. And the other poll was just about Kingdom Come, which is a game where me and Shay are really interested in playing. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find my copy yet but I pulled people to see if they'd be interested in us playing for the show, and it did come back, at least with the majority of yes. Unfortunately, that game is very hard to locate a physical copy of. Um, it is nowhere in my town. I went to every goddamn store. I've been calling GameStop every day. This game is um, in hot, high demand, but it's like they made a very low quantity, it looks like, because nobody seems to have it. So One of those weird kind of things. But Let's just order it off of Amazon. We could, yeah. I'm just impatient. I hate ordering things off. 
<sighs> you could get like you have Amazon Primer. You know, there's a digital Prime. store on all those machines that it plays on. Well, I like to trade in value. I'm big on trade in value, so that's why it doesn't really work for me that much, Josh. Um, but I might break down and do it. So we'll see. Um, that is to be determined, and we should have some more fun polls next week. Papa John's versus Domino's, as Josh would say, versus pizza. Um, uh, what does that have to do with video ahead. games? Well, did we do fun polls? One time we did a poll about kissing. What did that have to do with the video games? People love that shit. Exactly. Nobody yeah. loved that shit. Everyone loved it. That's why, this is why I, I'm making it fun, Shay. I'm making it fun for the kids. You know what I love? I love you, okay? God, Shay, why do you gotta be so anti-fun? Okay, just let us have fun sometimes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. As long as you throw Papa Murphy's in that poll. I love Papa Murphy. I don't know if anyone outside of Montana even knows what a Papa Murphy's is. So. Oh, they have it. They have it in uh, North Dakota. I do know that. Well, here's the thing. I can make the poll broad because it's a yes or no poll, right? So I could say, is Papa John's the best... How would you phrase that? The best uh, fast food pizza or something like that? Um, But And if they say no, then that means they're voting for something else. Yes would be for Papa John's. So that's the best way you can make, I can phrase those polls. It's really a yes or no question. So, um, And then there will be some things in there related to video games as well. Now the bio break (laughs) article this week (laughs) um, is pretty interesting as well. so the summary for this article briefly, now I'm reading it here at sciencealert.com. Uh, so the, the header for the article is scientists just made sheep human hybrids. Here's what you need to know. Um, researchers have achieved a new kind of chimeric first, producing a sheep human hybrid embryo that could one day represent the future of organ donation by using body parts grown inside unnatural engineered animals. Uh, this is pretty interesting. Shay sent us this earlier this week, and we do this segment because we have a bio, biology major on the podcast, and that, of course, is Shay, right now currently located in Japan. Shay, tell me about this article. Why is it so fascinating to you? Uh, it's really interesting to me because there is a very, very, very big ethical debate about this. Um, <clears throat> we've kind of hinted at it with like gene resequencing and whatnot uh, in the past on previous science articles. But what's so important about this one is that the the sheep are b- basically being, um, I don't know if injected is the right word, actually, but they they have less than 1% of... But fucked. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> what? With less, with less than 1% of human uh, genes and chromosomes and whatnot. And that's really, it's really interesting because... Uh, what they're trying to do with this is basically make these uh, hybrids so they can eventually use it for, um, excuse me, transplants. So they would uh, grow these kind of hybrids and then use them for transplants and then kill the, uh, kill the, essentially the chimera within 28 days, which is kind of how we were trying to relate this to to death within video games because obviously uh they're kind of using these chimera chimera for a purpose um in in terms of death and trying to learn from their their death essentially in a way 
Hmm. And the, the big ethical question is, should we be making these creatures that are basically injected with human DNA? And then should we essentially be killing these, I don't want to say abomination, but these chimera for personal use? Because at that point, it, it, the ethics come into play of, are we playing God by doing that? So I, that's what I think is such an interesting point of this article is the ethics behind it. And also because yes. of the fact that this yeah. is one of the first times it's been registered to actually happen. So it's pretty groundbreaking research and it's pretty, you know, it's very questionable. So I kind of wanted to know what you guys thought about the ethics of this. I, I'm, t- I'm torn because on one hand, I I don't like it. I don't like the idea of destroying creature creatures or potentials for life and things like that. That's a a deeper conversation we can go. Ethically, I don't like it. But if my daughter had some sort of serious illness and this sort of um these sort of experiments and this sort of science could help find maybe a cure for her one day, then I would be the first hypocrite to jump on that train and say, "Look, I will sacrifice things I think are wrong for the benefit of healing someone that I care about. So if they were using it, you know, if it were the, for the medical purposes, it was used in a positive way down the road. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be a hypocrite. So I actually don't like it, but at the same time, I would be a hypocrite if I thought it was necessary for helping someone I cared about, let's say for a serious situation. So that puts me in a weird situation where I would, I'm overriding that with what I would do. So I'm, I'm overriding my moral ethical conundrum with the reality of what I would do in that situation personally. So that, that's my personal take. That's fair. It, 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 it's kind of a terrifying type of thought for me, at least that, you know, people can essentially harvest, you know, stem cells from that and organs and whatnot and have essentially human and sheep DNA inside of them, which is fucking weird. And I don't know if there's any implications of making that uh, a complication down the road for that person who's received that transplant. But um, yeah, that it, it, this is more of like a breakthrough on it and they're not necessarily making those transplants, I don't think. But um, yeah, that, that's a very scary thought, but why? Uh, Delve into that. Why is it scary? You say scary, but why? Yeah. It's, it's I've, I, I never it's, it's thought a fear that. of the unknown, really. I, yeah. mean, I think that's kind of what he's alluding I mean, to. Yeah, I mean, science is always pushing the boundaries as far as, like, what we know and what we don't know, and, like, some stuff is very interesting. Other stuff like this is, I guess it's because you see so many science fiction movies that you're just like, oh, something bad can happen from oh, this, okay. you know. Okay. Yeah. All those science but, I just thought it was interesting that you used the word scary. I'm not trying to contradict you. I just think it's interesting that was the, that mm-hmm. was your word choice. Is it? It's, yeah, it's really terrifying to terrifying. me, at least. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'd much rather go down the route of us pursuing more cyborg type of uh, implications mm, okay. uh, for people. Just because you want sex robots? Instead. Is that why? That and superhuman strength. I don't want I don't want sheep organs keeping me alive. I want fucking a robotic heart pumping all my blood through my veins. Interesting. You can have that now, fish. Get a pacemaker. Mm -hmm. 
He'll probably, oh, yeah. He'll probably need one to eventually if he keeps eating all that Domino's. Um, Josh, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I'm mostly fine with it. I mean, we already do similar things with pig hearts and the like. Um, I don't know. It's always It's always an odd question when you get to growing human organs specifically for transplants mm-hmm. um, because it's a great idea once we have the technology to do just that, to grow organs. Um, but until you get to that point, the only way we know to grow organs is inside something that's alive. Yeah. Which yeah. that's, that's what makes the whole thing so tricky. And I, it's like making a whole pizza just to take the pepperonis from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're not good unless they've been cooked on a pizza. Yes. Like yeah. if that's if that's that your point, that's note. a huge waste. <laughs> it's morally wrong to cook a pizza just so you can yeah, have it's fucked up. You don't that waste authentic that pizza. pizza cooked pepperoni flavor. Sick fucks. Um, but, but yeah, it's a similar thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it, why would you you know bring something to life just to kill it? for for an organ like that and i mean the answer is obviously to save someone else's life if Mm -hmm. if, but we've got to find a better way to do that i mean and that's why there's there's other research going on with yeah uh, ways ways to basically more or less 3d print it on like a an organic scaffolding um in other ways you know this has been going um but I mean, as many as many animals as we use in the food industry, there are parts of the sheep that we're not really going to use. If we've got organs lying around, stuff, I feel like this is a useful step in finding ways to repurpose some of that stuff. I mean, if we could use other animals' organs as the scaffolding for growing human organs on, this is a great step in figuring out that technology. Um, and just, you know, just... Finding ways to do it ethically is really tough. Yeah. It's yeah. really tough because there are questions we don't have answers for yet. I agree. And yeah. trying to find ways to answer them without being monsters along the way is... Yeah. Th- those are hard questions. Yeah, like this could just be the process. I, I agree with you. Yeah. You can't... Like the idea of growing a living thing to take a living piece from it is wrong seems wrong yeah that's i'm glad that you brought up the food industry thing josh because that was kind of where my next point was going to go to is um because and for good reason people have an ethical issue with essentially growing an organism to harvest from it yet um a lot of our medicines and a lot of our tech um, not technology, but just a lot of what we know about biology comes from us essentially testing um, on these animals. We we test. There's a lot of things, and it's gotten better over the years. But things are still tested on animals. Um, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of cancer treatments are tested on mice. Um, we do a lot of uh, gene and chromosome work, uh, a lot of genetics on fruit flies, which. You know, it's relatively harmless, but if you're going to say, you know, it's fucked up to test on sheep, why is it not fucked up to test on fruit flies, which are also organisms in their own right? 
there's like a lot of ethical implications. So does this not get a pass? Other things in terms of like medicine, does that get a pass at that point? Yeah. Yeah, that's the quandary oh. there. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. No, no, I'm asking you guys. I'm asking you guys. I, I Does that get that a pass? I feel like everyone who says that they're morally against it would still, if they had a loved one in a situation where this could help them, they would say yes. I feel like that's just what would happen. So I'm morally against it, and yet I know I would break my own moral code if that science helped me out. So like, I don't want to be a hypocrite, and I'm just going to have to say that I'm for it. Yeah, I don't... I. I know a lot of people kind of draw the line at what's cute, and I don't think that makes sense. But also... A lot of the, like like you said, f- you know, fruit flies and stuff like that have such different lifespans and, yes. and, and brains that we have basically been able to completely simulate at this point that it doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of sentience going on. It really doesn't seem like there mm-hmm. is any pain we could possibly inflict on them, whereas a lot of these higher mammals... That's a real concern. I mean, with something like sheep, yeah, it's yeah. very obvious they feel pain. It, it, it's it's it, knowing where to draw those lines is the, what makes yeah, it difficult. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's there is a line, but I mean, <laughs> some of these things need to be done to find out where that line is. In in a way, um, I mean, fish so, yeah. fish is barely sentient. So I mean, and I know he feels pain. So, just I know his heart yeah. broke as soon as that mm-hmm. vibrating body body pillow caught on fire. Just broke his heart. It died of a heart yeah. attack. It wasn't the fire that got him. No, it was the sad. That's right. They they found him. <laughs> <laughs> they found him dead, but strangely, there wasn't any burn damage on his body. It was really weird, real strange. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, that's it's interesting. Let's and let's leave that for our listeners to ponder because there's a lot of interesting stuff there, and a lot of it is just yeah. reflection. And as we get ho- over time, hopefully, getting closer and closer to being able to draw those lines. It's just like the abortion argument. People have trouble. This most people would say they think abortion is wrong, but they have an impossible time deciding when it's a baby. Some people think it's a baby at birth. Some people think it's a baby at conception, and that's how you have one of the most you know aggressive arguments of, uh, in the world for since I've been alive. So that's the similar idea, right? And um, absolutely, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, a couple quick things here. Oh, we got a lot of fun stuff actually to round up the back of the show. Boom! First of all, we get to talk a little Pokemon. I have some great. Uh, feedback from our community in regards to a potential new Pokemon game. And uh, just for fun, again, I don't like to entertain a lot of rumors, um, but there was this Pokemon leak that was going around that even people that I was surprised were falling for it, were falling for it. So I was like, man, what if this is true? But it got me thinking, let me just post this and see what people want from a new Pokemon game. And then maybe we as a group can narrow it down definitively because we've kind of talked about it a little bit in the past. But we have a, not a lot of new listeners that might be curious about our, our opinions. So um, let's try and narrow this down. First of all, the Pokemon leak that came out, um, it was done by an artist who said he felt bad about the leak, but he's probably just trying to get his, his artwork out there because it's actually pretty good. 
He had this cute platypus-looking thing that was just fucking adorable. He came out and apologized for it and admitted to starting it and everything. Um, it was like a starter thing, and it was indeed a fake. Um, but some of the excellent comments from our Instagram community, and by the way, you can find us at, at Sorgehump on Instagram. Leave a comment on any of these posts, and I try to get people involved. Some of our favorites here. Um, maybe I can go around. I don't know if you guys were able to grab. I know Shay did. Uh, if you guys weren't able to grab one, that's okay. That looks like probably just shaded. Um, we can read some of our favorites. So, what, the first comment I had here, and then and then we're gonna sound off as well. Um, Frimbot said, "Very stale," applying to the franchise. I don't know what I want. It would be cool to become an action RPG where you took control over the Pokemon and actually attacked the other Pokemon using strengths and weaknesses. Now, I don't necessarily want to be the Pokemon, but I do agree that it has become stale and. I do agree that in some ways, a lot of people are like, I don't know what I want from the game, but I know I want something different. Um, Shay, what was the, the comment that you saw that stuck out to you? Um, it was from Jake E. Wenz. I initially was looking at the name, and I was like, Jackie Wenz? Jack E. Wenz. <laughs> Jake E. Wenz. Um, it's a pretty long one. I'll try and paraphrase. Um, basically said, the only way they can revamp it, uh, Pokemon, is to put it on the Switch, make it open world, and get rid of all the pointless mini games and beauty pageants. He just wants straight up Pokemon. He wants to walk in a 3D world and see movement. He wants to see a Charizard uh, flying in the distance. He wants to run it, like just run into the Pokemon battle, and then he has to run away from the Pokemon battle in real time. It's not a it's not a turn-based type of scenario and he wants he wants it last thing he says i want it to seem real if they make this game i'll play it forever and the first big thing that really stuck out with me about this comment is getting rid of rid of uh, the beauty pageant and the stupid mini games i have never ever liked those mini games i've never understood why they've existed in a pokemon game and I absolutely agree with them that they should go. They absolutely should go. Um, because to me, it kind of sucks. It sucks away from where they could be putting other time and energy into this game. And I get it because Pokemon derives from Japan and it's a part of kawaii culture or cute culture. Um, that I'm sure a lot of people really like the beauty pageant shit. But... I feel like that's such a, and I guess I don't know. I like how you said that. I feel like a lot of other people like that beauty pageant shit. Tell me how you really feel. I just, I just, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel, I don't feel like that's a wide enough audience. I feel like everyone kind of just skips over the beauty pageant. Muff Fish doesn't. It's just, it's boring as fuck. Fish totally does. No, he doesn't. I do. Okay. Well, you know what? Fish, do whatever you want. But I, I agree. It needs to be <laughs> real time. It needs to There's be. Just little... Sorry, go ahead. It, it needs to be in real time. It needs to be me running up and a battle being like, like Jake says, a Pokemon Stadium battle. I think that that is the logical progression. Um, I know that there's another comment and I won't read it, but basically the whole thing, but basically someone said how they revamped Final Fantasy combat for the modern day and age. That's the same thing that Pokemon needs here. It needs a reinvention of its battle system. Because I'll, I'll read that comment. 
was great. It was uh, bad, bad Zach. I didn't mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted years. to throw this in there for you, Shay. Add Bad Zach said, I would like to see more of the open world. The combat should be upgraded, still turn based, but maybe have some influence, like from Final Fantasy 13's battle system. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just, I wish that, like, I love, I love Pokemon. I love a lot of what it's done in the series, but it never feels like a justification of a brand new game. It feels like DL, it literally feels like every time they release a new game, excluding the brand new Pokemon, it feels like another DLC. It never feels like I'm getting a brand new game because not enough new things are done with Pokemon to justify a brand new game in my eye. Mm. Wow, that's a lot. Fish, do you have anything you'd like to retort there? I saw you sliding up toward your microphone and then just staring deeply into our eyes. So anything you'd like to say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people were saying um, they'd like to see it uh, take the open world approach. Um, I, I, I could see that. Like, that would be something that would shake it up quite a bit just from that approach, the way they would have to develop the game from that point. Um, as far as like battles go, because the battles are kind of a big part of Pokemon. Um, it w it would definitely feel a lot different if it wasn't turn-based for me. Like the, the, it, it's, it's kind of an old formula at, at this point of turn-based battles in Pokemon. And we're all used to it, and we all know the weaknesses and strengths of each Pokemon against uh, all the different types. And um, it, maybe, I don't know. Like, if you actually gain control of your Pokemon and were fighting another Pokemon, in a way, that would almost become a fighting game at that point. And I, I don't know if that would, they could do it right, maybe, perhaps, but. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. Like I, I can't really, I, I, from a developer standpoint, I, I don't know what exactly they can do as far as um, making the combat more, or at least evolve it in a way that's more suited to this generation. Yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like it should still be a strategy game, like turn-based, more or less strategy is kind of. <sighs> Because that's kind of the the whole point of being a trainer is you know what they're trying to go for, uh, you know catch all these things you know have the strategy to be able to win these fights. Um, I don't know exactly how you do that if you like like you're saying had direct control of the Pokemon, like it would it would drastically drastically like change. I I, I don't know I don't know like I feel you, like you would want to. It would change the feeling of the game. Yeah. You would want to do direct control, but I think I wrote an essay about this a long time ago. I think you want to go more for something like Final Fantasy twelve, which is it's it's still strategic. Yeah, with yeah. you have control like AI control. Yes. AI controlling Pokemon. and yeah. you can pause it at any time to change the commands. And I think mm -hmm. Bioware games do that a lot. Popular ones like Dragon Age, Knights Old Republic. So you would be the trainer. But your Pokemon would be um, what you would control. Mm -hmm. And it'd be more along the lines of something of Final Fantasy XII. And in Final Fantasy XII, the environment, like the creatures in that world would interact with each other and stuff too. And that's similar to what Pokemon could do. Yeah. You know? Um, but that's, that's the way yeah. I always envisioned it. Um, 
something like that could work. I could I could see that working a lot a lot better than what it's currently doing. Um I don't know. That sounds good. I still feel like they need to just need to get rid of a lot of the pain points in that game. Um there should natures have got to go. All that no, don't, they hidden don't stat type shut, bullshit no, has got to go. No. That's No. That's, you level it up, you pick which points you want stats no. to go into so you can still customize them but you don't have to waste your fucking time finding the exact right one of- especially if it's an open world game where you've got to go out and actually find the thing it's but it's going to make the world feel more that, alive that garbage has to go if it's a bio if they're going for the you know an ecology or an ecosystem josh having natures and, and genders and all that kind of stuff makes it feel more alive like it's more annoying but it's also part of uh, really selling detail in that world you know that's i get why you want it gone but that's the kind of thing if they got rid of i would be deeply crushed deeply mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the problem those have never done anything good for the series <sighs> never that's the problem is that we the reason we're fighting about that right now is why they're probably so hesitant to do that stuff. But I disagree. I think natures have been one of the coolest things. Um, Shram underscore Ryan said, I would like a dynamic battling system similar to what Final Fantasy has done with games like FF15 and Crisis Core. I think maybe I convinced him with my Final Fantasy 12 argument, I hope. Maybe. Um, also, I think I would be very cool to actually have to take out your Pokemon and throw it at the Pokemon. Obviously, I'm thinking of a Switch here, not handheld exclusive. Character creation is always good. Maybe some equipment loadout. Yeah, customization is cool, right? You can always start off with a, a water, a fire, and a grass. Like, wouldn't it be cooler if, like, it was completely random or, like, it was, like, a personality thing, like the Mystery Dungeon, where it's, like, you got a Pokemon that was more assigned to you based off your tastes. You know what I mean? But there's more of an element of randomness to it. Like, oh, you like turtles a lot in water, so we're going to give you this random turtle Pokemon, so your journey's special. Josh, you really like Gengar, so here's a Haunter at the beginning of the game. Or, Fish, here's a baby... Yeah. Uh, Lavatar or whatever. I think I, mean, I think it would be cooler to actually uh like it's like you really like turtles. Cool, here's a bulbasaur, you piece of shit. I think that <laughs> would be a game I would be willing to play. Yeah. It's a spiteful Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they kinda have to limit it somewhat just because otherwise it would really limit them design wise, especially with what? the types that have complete immunities. Like, they can't have you start off with, like, a ghost type and then not be able to damage any of the normals near you and vice versa. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you're it, right. Yeah, it's, A little leeway, though, but I mean, yeah. Just yeah. something different. A little more customization, like... hmm Yeah. Yeah, I do like the idea of customizing your trainer more because in that game you're supposed to be the trainer, and I rarely feel like I'm the trainer in those games. Like, it just... It doesn't really yeah. come across. That's true. That's true. And like, what's the motivation at that point? Like to be a trainer, like he's not out like going to strip clubs or, you know, like, no or she's clubs. not out like, you know, um, I'm going to stop there. Actually, I'm going like, to take it way too far. Just like, what's the motivation <laughs> for trainers at that point? There's, yeah, there's no strip clubs in the world. Oh, cool. I got a badge. Who gives up? Fuck about it, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They care in the Pokemon world about badges, Shay. It's important. You flash, like, if you walk into a room with a badge, you're hot shit. I want a budding romance in Pokemon. I want to be able to, I want Pokemon meets Persona meets Skyrim. (laughs) 
That would be very mature for Pokemon. Uh, the, the world of Pokemon is so pure. Like, everyone has children, but they never talk about sex. It's just implied that their children are just magically dropped off by Pelippers. You know what I mean? Nobody seems to understand. There's no sex in that world, you know? Um, and they never want to address that. Pelippers? That was the closest thing I could think of to a stork. <clears throat> that, that, no wonder why nobody has talks about having children. It's being dropped off by a Pelipper. Oh. <laughs> That's terrifying. Why is this just not that sexy? <laughs> These Pelippers are dropping off our children. Um, they just like re- they regurgitate or they're holding it in their uh, <laughs> big gular. The whole so that big thing underneath, oh, yeah. if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. is called the gular, and they're holding the the babies in the gular, and mm. then they just kind of mm-hmm. just use their big <laughs> tongues and just gonna flick hack the baby it back out of up. their mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and it slides across the floor right over to the mother. Just in a- trail of slime <laughs> i love this imagery um i love maybe we can, that might be a good show title too something with the gular um the Reckles said i thought the story for sun and moon was going to be different enough to engage me i think it was okay but i never finished it same here um same with all of us pretty sure it was the overworld that bothered me sure they've had graphical upgrades and some slight traversal mechanics but for all intents and purposes it's still pretty much the same that it's been since red and blue <clears throat> It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they lean mm-hmm. into it harder every time. A little bit. Which... Like, like especially on Sun and Moon. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's time for you to go off on your adventure. It's that time. This is what all kids do. Yeah. Because, like, it's that's the whole point. Like, you do the same thing in every single Pokemon game at this point. So it's just, I, 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 oh, it's tradition in this world. We're just gonna let our kids go when they're. I think it's harder for okay. them to kind of divert from this formula because it's so popular that if they mm-hmm. were to do something different, like make make it a darker story, or if they were to essentially just create a, such a vastly different story, like the different motivation for why you want to be a Pokemon trainer. Like uh my my both of my parents were murdered um when I was young and mm-hmm. they made me promise to, you know, raise yeah. this particular type of Pokemon. It's the Batman. Yeah. There's like some Batman. type of motivation there. <laughs> Oh, just like any any type of new motivation, and I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. they would probably ostracize some fans, which is why they don't take those risks. And I really wish they would take some more risks. And I know I, it would be harder and for them to maybe convince the fan base that you know maybe we can push a Pokemon game to a teen level instead of an everybody level and get a little bit more gripping storyline there. The trick, Shay, I think, and I've thought a lot about this, probably too much, actually, it's quite sad, is, is I think is to keep the basic storyline and identity of Pokemon the same, the interesting stuff would come in the side missions. Like you're walking in the forest and there's some guy getting attacked by a Rhydon and he tells you something about himself and you go on a quest. Like, you know, The Witcher 3 like had all these dynamic side quests, right? But the core quest in Pokemon, I think, should be the same. You go to gyms, you do this, you collect badges, yeah. but you litter the world with interesting side quests that make it feel alive. Yeah, I mean, they kind of tried at that a little bit in Sun and Moon, because after you beat the game, the, like, the, the post-game stuff shows up with, like, this like detective team coming to help find the Ultra Beasts or whatever they were. Um, that have escaped into your world, and you have to track them. Have to help them track them down, which was interesting. 
but it doesn't happen until after the game <laughs> yeah. is over. And they a lot of they a need lot of to start more interesting littering than... those. Like they need those earlier. Yes, like, yes. They need to have other stuff for you to go do to get you <sighs> to just explore the world more before you get to the end of the game. Like Zelda. Um, Everyone in our comments yeah. mentioned Zelda. Like Richie B. Good said, I don't know if it would be a too drastic of a change, but doing a more open world like third person adventure game would be a start. Um, Kyle literally said uh, to go full Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. And let's be honest, we've seen what Nintendo can do with Breath of the Wild, Josh. There's no reason that Pokemon can't get that same level of quality. That world, the organic nature of quests, the detail of the wildlife, the art direction. There's no excuse why that can't go to Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Fish, what's the number one thing? I got a couple more comments here and then we can move on, but I got one more quick question for you, Fish. What's the number one thing that they could say about this upcoming Pokemon game when they announce it that would get you the most excited, that would have you jumping out of your soulless husk? What would have you the most jazz, the one thing that you want to see? Um, that my parents were killed by a Pokemon <laughs> and I had to... I had to go out of a French <laughs> store to get it. Okay. <laughs> My parents were killed by a samurai. I must kill. I must a go samurai. on a journey now and you would mm -hmm. yeah. find that samurai. And what if it was something embarrassing, mm -hmm. like a? I'll strike terror into my enemies. What if it was like a Mister? I'm wearing the cowl of the Zubat. <laughs> yeah. What if it was? What the fuck? <laughs> What if it was embarrassing, like your parents were murdered by a Mr. Mime or something, and then it defecated their bodies? It what? <laughs> Come on. Defecated? Defecated on. Sorry, defecated is not the word I'm looking for. Um, or maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is the word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> shit on their bodies? That's you're you're looking for desecrated. Yeah, des but we'll... desecrated. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, well... <laughs> But no, Mr. Mime just kind of, <laughs> after doing his deal, uh, somehow killing them. I'm like on the just kind of grabbing mimes his way over top of them <laughs> and pops a squat. <laughs> he crabs over to them and just pops a squat. Oh my god, that's some. See, Shay should be all over that joke. Shay's usually the first person who starts talking about shitting on this podcast. Uh, beat you to it. That's true. <laughs> But you said defecating them, so like, does he ingest them and then just shit them out, and his body doesn't digest them? Like, I don't. What, what I was don't the motivation know. behind that statement? I just meant that like he murders them and then just probably desecrate. I've been slipping this show. I've been like saying like the closest word, but not the word I needed. It's happened like three times on this show, so that's probably what I meant to say was desecration. Um, whatever. I love that. I love where that went, though. How would how would Mister Mime desecrate on them? Like, was he gonna do like his little mime activity on top of their dead Josh bodies? Josh just explained it or in like... great detail. Were you not listening? <laughs> Josh just said that he crabs over. I'm asking you. I'm asking. I'm asking your. Yeah, opinion. I was agree. Yeah, I was. Well, can't steal uh, my, Josh's idea. Mine. Yeah, sure, I can. Mine was. Mine was much more disgusting, and I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast. But let's just say it was not. You don't want to. 
go where I was going. Mm. That's it. And Fish oh. was seeing it. Fish watched it the whole time. Fish is crouched behind his couch watching Mr. Mime do these things to his dead family. He's like, I swear, I swear revenge. He holds up his first Pokeball. I swear revenge. And Mr. Mime's still going to town. <laughs> <laughs> I will get it. Uh, yeah. That'd be some driving a, force to get me through that game. This is a weird turn on Harry Potter. Yeah, it really is. But it's an age-old tale. Um, Gilbezi Skit said he never played a Pokemon game, which I think is a tragedy, my friend. you got to get on the Pokemon. Um, Cousin Skeeter 9 said, I just hope the next games don't hold your hand so much. Sun and Moon pretty much guided you through the whole story without giving you much freedom or challenge. And no Rotom decks. Absolutely, that Rotom Pokédex was fucking garbage. Amen. Yes, it was. Get rid of that Muff Cabbage. Muff Cabbage be gone. So thank you, everyone, for your incredible comments. And that is going to be one of the most interesting things we're going to be watching for this E3. I agree with everyone. It needs the Breath of the Wild treatment. Nintendo has no excuses. No excuses. Um, all right, so anything else you guys want to say here in the wrap-up? I, I promised Fish I'd give him one minute of Monster Hunter talk, okay? So I'm getting... We've talked about Monster Hunter a lot, so I'm getting my phone out. By the way, I want to thank a listener, Unstop the Day, a good friend of ours. Been talking to him a lot. He's actually sending us... He, uh, he has two copies of Nier Automata, and he's sending Fish a free copy of Nier Automata, and that is pretty incredible. Wow. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Unstop buddy. the Day. I sent him some cool stuff in return. Uh, just in case you ever blow up one day, he'll have a weird picture of Wonder Woman signed by me. Because um, <laughs> who doesn't want that? <clears throat> what? <laughs> I sent okay. him a little plaque. I, I sent I him a little one. plaque. I can get How you one, get Fish. One? I can get you one. Um, cool. I need you guys to all to send me a all bunch right. of stuff you sign so that if I mail something to somebody, it's not just me. It's like you guys signing shit too. Um, and then, um, so thank you, Unstop Today. You are incredible. That'll be arriving hopefully next week. So Fish can see the winner of Dice Awards, best RPG of last year, Nier Automata. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because, uh, I told Fish you could talk about Monster Hunter again for one minute. So I got my, I got my clock out, Fish. You have 60 seconds to talk all, any, so you can say anything mm-hmm. you want about Monster Hunter World because you're still playing it. Are you ready? Yes. On yes. your mark. Get set. Go. Um, actually, I don't really have much to say on Monster Hunter, but uh, I'm still enjoying it. Still enjoying it. Um, getting closer to the end game. I haven't fought Nirgante, Nirgante, but which is, I guess, the uh, one of. I guess he's the last boss. But I mean, I've been trolling around in the uh, subreddit of Monster Hunter and. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that I've seen there as far as like gifts and people doing amazing stuff. The subreddit. Um, you got sucked down the subreddit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of cool stuff that that community's, uh, uh, showing. Um, and there's also a lot of helpful guides as far as like looking at, uh, different mm-hmm. builds for your character as far as weapons and, um, gear and whatnot. Um, and those are pretty cool just to see how those uh, other weapons perform because I'm kind of committed to the bow as is right now. Um, but eventually, like, I would like to try out some of the different other weapons as well. Um, 
I did try out like the Gunlands and doing the arena, like you get to pick between um, uh, specific sets. But okay. yeah, it's uh, it's 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 been fun, and uh, I continue to play on through. But it. you're in the waning waning hours. Maybe hopefully Nier can pull you away for a little bit. Um, maybe. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure. More than likely. Uh, but that's cool. I'm glad you're still enjoying it. Um, also, as far as things that we posted on the site, uh, I got up. Okay, so there's a, a couple things here. Um, I was I posted obviously the Pokemon thing. I did a little photo album, um, where you could swipe left and open the album and just look at a bunch of pictures of all of us for people that are new to the show and they want to meet us for the first time. Um, to kind of help put, I talked to people a lot who really enjoy the show, but they say they still are trying to get used to putting faces with the names um, that they hear. So I hope that should help. And I did post a really rare Final Fantasy VIII making of video that I found. And I had so many, a lot of love on that, which surprised me. And I'm sure it's very specific. And look, I only put that up there as a bonus Sunday post because it was a rare find. And not just because it was Final Fantasy VIII, but like, it was like making of footage from like the 90s. And it's just so different and weird than all that making of shit that we get now. Um, and there's just a lot of cool shit you can learn about characters like Squall Leonhardt, who made a guest appearance on our podcast today. Friend of the show. Friend of the Chompcast. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of incredible comments there as well. I don't have time to read them all, but thanks for everyone for the support on that thing. And let's see. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I got a lot in our story. I try to post pictures from our lives, whether it's Josh smoking a cigar or me hanging out with my children, my babies. Um, anytime they send me something good from our personal lives, I'll throw it up on our story. So you guys can check that out. And then our posts, like I said, have a pretty good schedule. Mondays and Wednesdays are new posts. Tuesdays are polls. Thursdays are usually the question of the week and anything else is just extra goodies. Um, one final comical note I wanted to end the show on that I thought you guys would find amusing is that I actually did the weird thing last night. I uh, downloaded the, my Japanese iTunes account again, and I downloaded Final Fantasy 13 on iOS, which is real weird. I played it for about you can play the first half hour for free in Japan. You can get Final Fantasy X. X2, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy 13, 13.2, and 13.3 all for free, um, at least trial versions, on the Japanese iOS store. For some reason, not in America, which is weird. And it only takes up 20 megabytes, and it actually streams the game um, via just Wi-Fi. Uh, weird thing about that, it was kind of cool to see, but I just... The technology just didn't quite seem there. You know, when you're streaming something like that, it's like a little grainy, a little fuzzy, it stutters and stuff. And it kind of ruined the experience. But I thought it was fascinating that you can actually just um, download Final Fantasy 13 and play it on your phone uh, from the Japanese uh, iTunes store. Like, it just so weird to think that like 10 years ago, I was, that was like the, the top of video gaming, Final Fantasy 13 technologically. And now I can stream it from my phone. So I found the whole thing weird. Um, hmm. But just too distracting. To, to play streaming didn't didn't work it just didn't it was too fuzzy like the cinematics were all chopped up and i have good wi-fi so 
But if you're ever bored, make a Japanese iTunes account and go explore all the cool games they have there. Um, you won't be able to understand or read hardly anything you play, but it's cool to see. They, got, they have cooler shit than we do. The Japanese iTunes store is just cooler. It really is. But that, I thought that was a weird adventure that I went on. Anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap this guy up? I think that's it. I hit all the, the major points I wanted to. Oh, 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 I didn't. I didn't. This is important. I'm going to fly through these. Uh, and I promised this, so I would have been livid at myself if, if I would have forgotten these. Um, so Nintendo owned the Dice Awards, but they were pretty exciting. So here's a quick rundown. Now, if you don't know what the Dice Awards are, um, it is basically the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Um, it's a very prestigious award show as far as video game development goes. It really is. It's, it's something that people take very seriously. It was, I believe it was hosted by Jessica Chobot and Greg Miller uh, from Kind of Funny. And uh, here, just a quick rundown of some of the notable winners. Game of the Year went to Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Game Direction, Breath of the Wild. Game Design, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, mobile, yeah, wow. I know, right? Mobile Game of the Year went to Fire Emblem Heroes, which me and Shay will agree with. Woo! <laughs> um, I will not agree. That's Elder Scrolls Legends. Oh, you poor thing. Um, okay. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. We don't agree. Uh, the Dice, this one made me laugh. The Dice Spirit Award, whatever the fuck that is, went to Snipperclips. There you go, Josh. Snipperclips won the Dice Spirit Award. <laughs> Spirit Award. That's like, that's like, thanks for trying. <laughs> yeah, the Spirit Award. Wow. Uh, but hey, it's, it's got spirit. It's what they. That's about it. So yeah, congratulations! Yeah. You didn't quite make the cheerleading squad. It's the participation award. award. I got tons of those. Um, I get those every time I try to have sex. Oh, good try. Here's a spirit award, Morgan. Um, mm-hmm. just stop. Outstanding, outstanding achievement in online gameplay. Player unknowns battlegrounds. Um, strategy game of the year, Mario and Rabbids, sports game of the year, FIFA 18, role-playing game of the year, Near Automata, racing game of the year, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, family game of the year, Snipper Clips. Oh, there you go. Got another one. Um, sorry. I'm gonna have to go look up what Spirit Award means I know, now. I'm fascinated by that. I was literally just thinking that. Mm-hmm. Fighting game of the year, Injustice 2. Adventure game, Legend of Zelda. Okay, stop giving Zelda awards. We fucking get it. Um, all right. Outstanding technical achievement, Horizon Zero Dawn. Well-deserved. Achievement in story, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, that's crazy. The story is Horizon Zero Dawn is not the best. But um, outstanding achievement in sound design, Mario Odyssey. That's also insane. Um, best uh, original music composition went to Cuphead. Um, and art direction and animation also went to Cuphead, Chompcast Game of the Year. And outstanding achievement for a character went to Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Um, Hellblade was also our character of the year after much debate. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Zelda obviously took home a lot. The Dice Awards are pretty prestigious, but a lot of spread there. Nier got some love. Uh, Mario got some love. Zelda got some love. Cuphead got some love. Horizon got some love. It looked a lot like our top five. Um, the only thing I didn't, the only thing that was added, 
absent from that list that I found infuriating, and I don't say that with any, you know, I mean that with all seriousness, was no Resident Evil 7. There was no Resident Evil 7 on that fucking list! Why would there yeah, be? Well, second best game of the year. That should have gotten the Spirit Award. Yeah, come on. It really should have. <laughs> this should have. It tried so hard. Uh, even for VR. That... It got so far. But in the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn it. R.I.P. <laughs> Chester. We love you. Um, so. Rest in a rip. The immersive reality technical achievement, which was the VR game of the year, went to Lone Echo, which I thought was garbage, because that's the one that should have went to Resident Evil. The Lone Echo. What is this Lone Echo nonsense? Um, anyways, I'm just talking shit. So. That means it's the end of the show. We're all delirious. We'll probably have to edit out a lot of our fighting because we were yelling at each other a lot for this show. Um, but it's been a good time. Um, and from snapping into a Slim Jim to now... Wait, wait a minute. Why, why would we edit out the fighting? Just like... I mean, that's what people want to hear is the fighting. And some of the fighting was good and some of the bickering was just us arguing over like stupid words and stuff like that. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. As long as it's not the inappropriate stuff. Uh, as know. long as it's not the inappropriate stuff. That stuff can get it ed- edited out. But the, the bickering, all right, good. Compe- Compellents can stay. Um, all right, well, it's been a fun show. And I... <laughs> uh, Agreed, actually. It's been fun. We'll see you next week for another ridiculous, insane, and maddening episode of The Chompcast. Yep. Peace out. No peace in. Peace out. Fish. Peace out. Peace out, fish. <laughs>